What's up, Mr. Almy? Dude, shit, how you doing, shit. dude? Ain't shit, man. How you been? We, we look, we look pretty good with the long hair, huh? Long hair, yeah. Right yeah, I mean, mine is actually a lot shorter than it used to be. I mean, you remember last last time you saw me in the flesh, it was like down on my ass. I cut all that off. Mm. It's grown out a little bit, but I donated all that hair to kids, cancer kids. There's some 13 year old boy running through every chick in his high school now because he's got a fucking sweet wig that he got from me, and now he's like banging all. He's 13, but he's banging all the 15 year old pussy, and I'm like, I hope you didn't take his locks of love. No, no, no. I heard they were like for profit, and I don't. I don't want them profiting very, off of my hair. Very, very for profit. Yeah, I've, so. I've, we were, we've had like actually, my lady like, she did it for a buddy of mine who had really long hair, and he was like, "Hey, can you guys donate this to Locks of Love?" And we we're like, "Sure, for what, yeah. whatever." Trimmed it down. There's videos of me where I fucking had this, be- I had this, whoops, I had this beanie on, and then I grabbed his hair and I put it on under the beanie, so I looked like I had super long ass <laughs> hair and shit, and I was like flowing it over my face. Yeah. There was some funny ass videos from shit that my lady has on her phone somewhere, <laughs> but. He, uh, when you we want to post that as bonus content on your Patreon, absolutely. No, dude, there's so much shit. There's so much shit I need to add there. Yeah. So much shit I need to add there. Shout out to everybody who stuck with me during the fucking during the downtime because, yeah, you're the true MVP. Right I have there. you, are you familiar with the film? Since we're going to talk about movies, are you familiar with the film, uh, The Three Amigos? Obviously. So, you know, yeah, I, uh, I always think of that like when you were saying, like, I'm, you know, for the guys who are still here, the, the 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 few people that stuck around, and I'm I just think of uh, homeboy, and he's like, I am still here, El Guapo, and then he gets shot. <laughs> I am still here, El Guapo, and then they shoot him, and he fucking falls over dead. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, great last words. Was, I am still was, here, and then gets shot in the chat. Yeah, El Jefe. Yeah, that was Jefe. I fucking love it. Fucking love it. What is a plethora? What is Why, El Guapo? Because I would like to know if someone says I have a plethora that they know what it means. I need to re- rewatch out, that dude. film. That's Such a good a movie. movie. Such a good movie. It's Such a classic. A and I'm, you know, I'm afraid that people don't always honor and respect the classics like that because it's an older film at this point. It's, um, you know, it's probably pushing 40 years old. That was mid 80s. But there's a reason why movies stick around as classics, and and I think it's too bad that the younger generation just turns their nose up at shit that came out that long ago. And that's why that's one reason why I wanted to do this show. I wanted to get back in the show was like, there's good classics out. There's new stuff like the Batman that everyone's going to see. We're going to talk about that tonight. But there's old stuff that like people need to get into that old shit too because it's good. There's a reason why it has endured for like eighty years or seventy five years. Some of these movies. So oh yeah, fucking people got to learn. It's funny because sometimes you'll you'll go back and you'll revisit movies and you'll be like, yeah, this this didn't age well, you know, and like, yeah. But most most of the time, man, like some of the just the classics, yeah, you gotta you yeah. gotta introduce the younger generation. They just don't know about them, dude, because they're not they're not. I mean, they're they're readily available, but they don't know what to search for. They know yeah. what the fuck is on the channels that they watch and shit. And what their they know what gets thrown at them like that. Like you go if you watch TV, if you watch. Whatever. I got YouTube TV, but if you watch whatever you watch, if you're on the internet, you're going to see commercials for stuff, but it's going to be commercials for stuff like the Batman. Go see this movie. It's getting released in theaters. They're not throwing you commercials for a movie that came out in 1984. So if you don't go looking, if you don't actively go seek out these classic films, there's not some big media company that's going to be like, hey, you need to watch this Three Amigos movie because it's hilarious. It's got Martin Short, Chevy Chase, and Steve Martin, and it's fucking hilarious. People right. don't know, you know, it's like they don't know any better. 
Fucking people. Fucking guys. Man. I mean, thankfully, you know, all these other channels, they be busting out shit. Like, uh, they be playing them. They be playing the Harry Potter so much. God, um, like, fucking uh, Harry e, Potter. What is it? Like, it, it always says in the in the corner, it's all movies we love. You yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it's like they, they'll play all the Harry Potters in a row. Like, they'll, like, fuck it. It's like, that's how the dude who works on the weekends... It like he tries, like this is what he does. He pulls up to work on Friday, sets Harry Potter and the fucking Sorcerer Stone up all the way, uh-huh. and just lets them ride. And then some other dude that has to work, he has to do the commercials in between. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he has to do that shit. But the other dude's gone. He's like, bro, I have fucking, I literally have like eighteen, twenty plus hours worth of movies here to, to fucking just let it yeah. ride, bro. Let it Fuck ride. It. And yeah. they do, they do, they play them all one after another. And then what's crazy is they be playing fucking director's cuts and shit, man. They be playing uh, stuff that has included shit that I know was not there in like the normal that I have, the Blu-rays that I have, yeah. the DVDs, the fucking VHSs before that. Nah, 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 You're like, is that Hermione's titty? No, no. I was really, I fuck, literally AMC? was only put on, I got put on Harry Potter not too long ago, bro. Just like The Office. Like I'm new to like a lot of this shit that I just like, I'm just like obsessed with now, right? Yeah. But I fucking love the Harry Potter shit. And like, I just got put so on. So you weren't movie. watching Harry Potter back in the day when Ten it first years, came not, out? Not when they were coming out. Let me tell you what it was. When when I got put on Harry Potter is when the the last movie, the first part of the last movie came out. Like uh, fucking, uh, what is it called? Yeah, it was a Deathly Hallows Part 1. There you go. Deathly Hallows I mean, Part 1 came out. That's how did I know that? I don't fucking, me to it. fucking Harry Potter shit. You know. You know. It's because it's on everywhere. It's on. I've you read know, all the Harry the Potter names, books like, twice, dude. I'm... I'm Deathly Hallows? Oh, okay. Well, then you know. Yeah. You're one of those guys. Did you just call me gay? I'm one of them guys. I've never read the books, but I heard I, everybody okay. say it's the same shit. Everybody says you, they're better. They honestly, they're better. if you enjoy the movies, you really ought to read the books. They're not, I mean, they look big, but it's like big print and shit. It's like really, there's like wide margins, big print. Like you just rip right through them. I think they're they're worth reading if you like the movies. I wouldn't mind. You, you know what I have? I have the audio books of them all. There you go. Shout out to my home. Shout out to my homegirl B, dude. She gave me all the audio books, dude. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. She hooked that shit up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I need to post audiobooks to my Patreon for people. Like, you don't like reading? Here you go. Right here it is. All right, I got intro music. I'm gonna hit it. Do it. You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. What's up, brothers and sisters in this fine congregation? I'm still not sure how to open this show, but I'm trying to go with like a pseudo-religious kind of church theme. I am the movie monk. Those motherfuckers you hear chanting behind me are all fucking high as shit on peyote. We all went to see the Batman together. I am the host of this movie mass. My name is Jason Almey. I'm the movie monk. We're going to talk about... The Batman today, and to do so, I have been joined by my brother from the Inner Circle Podcasts. He is one of the hosts of the Hood Diner, recently returned from the dead, back from the grave, and we couldn't be happier. Yeah, yeah came back to, well, Jesus was back in three days. Uh, it took the Hood Diner something like nine months, but come on, you know. It was eight. It was Not eight. Bad. Come on. It was, it was eight. I'll just spitball in there, but I am joined by <laughs> my homie, your homie, our homie, casual what's good man how we doing today Dude, ladies I, and gentlemen I, I fucking i think the ladies and gentlemen are probably doing great i'm doing pretty good like i'm feeling pretty good in my pants and everything like that 
Mm. Um, I'm just excited. I'm thrilled to be talking to you about uh, the Batman today. So um, this is a pretty new movie. I'm going to throw this out there for the listeners. Um, We are going to be discussing the Batman in depth and with no protection whatsoever. This we're raw dogging the Batman tonight. So please, because you know, this is a religious show. We do not believe in contraceptives here at the movie Mm. mass. You do not wear rubber. You go in raw. And if she gets pregnant, she gets pregnant. That's just what God intended people. So we're going to be talking spoilers about the Batman. I'm warning everybody. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. If you, if you do not want to be spoiled on the Batman, please. Skip it. Press Come pause. back when you watched it. Yeah, go watch the movie right now. Buy a ticket. Go watch the movie right now. It's that good. You need to get your ass out and go watch the movie. Come back and listen to this episode, and then you don't have to worry about spoilers. So there's your alert. Please press pause now. Go see the fucking movie and come back and listen to this uh, 14 hours later because it's a long-ass movie, isn't it? Hey, you know that it was really supposed to be four hours. Was it really? Yeah, that's what, uh, what was his name? Matt Reeves, that dude? Yeah, that's he, uh, the director. He said that the, he originally had a four-hour movie planned, and then he cut it down to three, which, like, that's my own. That's literally my only complaint is how long it is. Yeah. I heard you say that on the diner. I mean, I can, I, can, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it why it's three hours, yeah. bro. It's almost like they're like, that's what they're doing. They're like, oh, well, fucking Marvel's making their fucking movies almost three hours. Let's mm-hmm. do it, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's let's give. And it's cool because they get, they do. They give a lot. They give a lot of backstory, yeah. not just into um, the Batman himself, but, like, the, the, the villains. Mm-hmm. They really do give you a good amount of, uh, you know, like when he meets, what is that motherfucker? Falcone? Is it Falcone? Yeah, Falcone. Yeah. yeah. When they meet him, they go, they, they show him on backstories like three, four mm-hmm. times and shit. He got a, he got a lot of fucking screen yeah. time. You know what I mean? They did a but, lot of great world building in this film. This is, I think that's to their credit. And I think they did need a longer movie in order to build up. Like uh, you compare this outing to some of the more recent Batman films starring Ben Affleck, the Batman versus Superman is the one that I'm thinking of because a lot of the action takes place in Gotham and um, they did such a much better job and they didn't show any Batman origin story. I'm so glad they didn't show any Batman origin story because we've seen it. We don't need to see Bruce Wayne's parents get killed again. We've seen it. They skipped the death of Thomas and Martha this time. I'm so glad they did. It's implied. You've seen it. You've You've seen seen it. it. How many times you got to see fucking Uncle Ben get shot? That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, and that worked well. We get it. We know that worked well with the current super or with the current Spider Man, right? Like, we didn't need to see Uncle Ben get whacked again. We just we know we know it happens. We can pick up with him being Spider Man and hanging out on Iron Man's dead. But then they they did Aunt May, bro. And I, and I know that, I was pretty sad. I was pretty that sad about that. Spoilers for was, spoilers for Spider Man too. Like, uh. Nah, nah. You, you that's been out for over a month. If you haven't seen it within the month, yeah. man, I'm sorry. Spoilers just all up in your face. I like, kind of like, agree they, with that. I kind of agree with up. that. Like I think you know people not to not to veer off on a tangent so early in the show, but I feel like people these days they got high expectations for avoiding spoilers. And I'm the one who's saying like, you're, you're going out into the world, you're clicking go on the internet and you're clicking play on the podcast. And then you expect me to know that you haven't seen the shit yet. I'm having a conversation and I'm having with my homie Kaz. And you know what? If you ain't seen the shit yet, you need to put your head under a fucking pillow and you need to avoid the world or go see the fucking movie. If it's been, I mean, uh, Spider-Man was released at the tail end of last year, right? 
Yeah, it's been no, three it's been, months. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, yeah get the fuck out of it. Minute. If you haven't seen it in three months, then you didn't give a shit, and we're spoiling it. So, yeah, I was I was sorry because I thought Marissa Tomei was a, a great ad, and I just feel bad for John Favreau's character because I wanted to see them get fucking married and have babies and shit. I thought that would have been so cute. I mean, it was more of a tr- it was like a triple whammy for him, bro. Because not only did she like. She broke up with him in that yeah. one too. You know what I mean? Yeah. She like let it be known, and I then that she was, was unnecessary. Like, oh, it was just a casual. It was just a casual thing. Yeah. And he so was like in love. Only she, not only did she break up with him, she shit on his feelings. Yeah, you know, and then she died. Yeah. So like there was no closure for him. And yeah. Just, but then like, at least yeah. he didn't have to look at her dating somebody else. Like That's they were still like shacked up at his place. He was doing it. He was like a. Uh, he was like a a doormat for them. Like Aunt May was just taking advantage of the fact that he was like still head over heels about her she would have been bringing home men at all hours of the night he would have had his CPAP on and they would have been like getting it on in the hallway and he'd been like fuck man i gotta watch her fuck three guys this week he didn't want that so better that she die and his was the last dick inside her and at least at least he he knew she went to the grave with that good happy dick in her and (laughs) right yeah like at least he didn't have to witness her you know, getting doubled. Like, what if he walks yeah. in and she's got like, there's two dudes and they're doing this, right? And she's in yeah. between them and they're high, they're high fiving and shit and fucking yeah, bro. Yeah, no, is that more you. traumatic or less traumatic than the girl dying? Like, would you rather she just the high fiving? No, I mean just like <laughs> not just the high fiving, but all of the other things in addition to. Yeah, would that be more I'm traumatic? Re- repeat the question. Repeat the question one more time. So, would you say so? Like this woman you love, she breaks up with you and. She's either going to tragically die or you're going to have to sort of at least partly witness her like getting on with a whole bunch of dudes now that she's single. Which is the more tragic for you as the as the tragic figure in this story? Do you want her dead? I mean, you don't want her dead. You're not going to kill her yourself. But you, do you don't want her dead, but you probably would prefer like for your own soul. Yeah. If you truly love you don't have to woman, witness that. For your own soul. And like, obviously it was something that you had nothing to do with. Yeah. I fucking, it was tragic. Obviously the green goblin that did your work for you. Because yeah, then like, okay. Because in the other sense, okay, well, she's not dead, but she's not your chick anymore. And you have to yeah. deal with the fucking image you just gotta watch. in yeah. your brain that, yeah. you. And I don't, on, I don't know about anybody some. out there who listens, but I am not a secure man. Let me just tell you, I am not a secure man. Uh, my wife, when she dumps me and she starts bringing home other dudes, I'm going to immediately assume their penises are like this big and like this big around. It's like two Coke cans stacked on top of each other. And I'm also going to assume that they're like fabulously wealthy and that they can just, they can just go to pound town for like ever without ejaculating. And I'm just going to always assume that I'm like down here and that they're Cause I'm just like, I'm a petty, insecure dude. So I don't know. I think you made the right call. I think Happy's better off that she's, she bit it. Cause now he doesn't have to think like, wow, what kind of, what kind of honker does yeah. this dude have? And is he sucking her clit through her butthole? I mean, is he able to do shit that's like phenomenal and, and pleasing and all that stuff? And he doesn't have to worry about yeah. that now. Nope. Happy yeah. can go, happy can die happy. Cause you're still gonna miss her every day for the rest of your life, except. The difference is she's either off fucking other people or she's not. Or she's alive or she's not. Either way, you have to move on. Yeah. Either way, you have to move on. You have to move on from what you just saw or you lost somebody and, you know, you got to move on. And that's you hard, the, too. The, but you have good memories, though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You can, yeah, you you can, can cherish that shit. You won't be scarred. Let's just put it that yeah. way. 
Yeah, you can the, sec, the, the 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 fucking deep the double penetration is going to scar you for life. So it's just there's there's no yeah. Right. As, as much as it sa- as it sucks to say you'd rather have this person yeah. die, you'd rather have them die. I mean, yeah. You know, I, think- I mean, because like I said, at the end of the day, you're asking me like what my opinion is, and it's just like I yeah, would rather move forward because I have to move forward regardless. I would rather move forward without that image. Yeah, and I- the memory of you. You yeah, know what I mean, like, yeah, I think we re- we reached we that decision mutually. Uh, you're welcome, everybody in Patreon land, for that little extra bonus Spider-Man No Way Home chat right there. That's pretty nice, right? Uh, <laughs> so with the Batman, I think you raised an interesting point a moment ago. It's a long movie, and um, three hours. Um, that's like extra. I, I you know. I, I, on the one hand, I'm sort of with you. That's long. Do they? Does it need to be that long? Because I'm paying fifteen dollars an hour for the babysitter, right? So that mm-hmm. third hour is like that's fifteen bucks out of my pocket, right? I mean that. Yeah, we're no, paying, you're going four hours because you yeah. have fifteen minutes of the drive there and and then back too. Yep. So and that's above those three hours. You're you got to get there a little early. You got to roll. Yeah. she's gonna fucking round it up, bro. Oh that's yeah, four, that's oh that's yeah. sixty bucks. Oh 60 yeah, sixty bucks right there. Oh, Not yeah. including and that doesn't include the tip. Yeah. Yeah, plus I they, well, come on, fifteen dollars an hour. If she was if she was a waitress and I was paying her two dollars an hour, I'd I would tip her twenty percent. But you know what? Uh, fifteen dollars an hour, you're not getting a tip on top of that. That's got the tip included. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all tip. You're, you're just you're babysitting. I'm giving you cash on nah, the table. Nah, man, that's a, that's a fuck. That's honestly, man, that's a big ass. That's a serious ass job. I've seen. That, you know, these kids, bro, there's actually like websites that you can go to where it shows it, whether they're like, uh, whether you're vaccinated and whether mm-hmm. you know how to do fucking CPR and you're yeah. certified in this and that and you roll with a defibrillator and you got EpiPens yeah, all up in crazy. your fucking lunchbox and like you got all that shit. You come correct. You've been recommended by people. Dude, it's, it's yeah. a. It's crazy how they got it out there. Yeah, for fucking, that's, for that's actually nowadays. Yeah, I mean, that's a like big thing you get more than fifteen an hour. I think now, especially I, if I'm like that. If I sure. if I got that much sure. shit on my fucking resume, dude. Like if I have all those things lined up, I feel like I'm coming to take care of your kid. Yeah, I feel like you're getting at least twenty five an hour. I feel like you got to ask at least ten dollars an hour if you're not on the sex offender registry. If you can yeah. say, look, I'm not on the sex offender registry, you can search that damn thing, and I'm not on. I'm entry that. level. I just got on yeah. this website. Yeah. <laughs> Then, but, but I got to start somewhere, please. That's Come bare on, minimum an ten an hour. I'm and good. if you're on the sex mac offender, and cheese. <laughs> if you're on the sex offender registry, I think you got to charge less than ten dollars an hour for babysitting. Oh, you, there's no way you can't yeah. even charge, dude. You, know? you got to fuck. You think you do it for free? Because you're probably yeah. You're getting late anyway. You <laughs> family do members free, right? and they don't even they don't even trust you. <laughs> Absolutely like, no. not. Uncle Fred can't come over here. Yeah. No. I don't think you should trust anybody named Uncle Fred to babysit your children. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. Uncle Fred is not Uncle Fred, welcome you, in my Uncle household. Fred used to be a cool guy till we started getting older. Yeah, Uncle Fred was cool till he hit fifty. I diddles everybody. Shit, <laughs> try to touch my dick at Thanksgiving. I'm like, dude, you you see all this? I got gray hair. What are you trying to touch my dick? I was like for? I started, I started eating and developing man boobs because of the bad shit in the chicken nowadays. And Uncle Fred wants to touch my fucking yeah. breasts. Yeah. Stop it, Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred bought me a trainer bra. <laughs> but I, I agree with you on the length of the film. There are there's a couple different types of long movies. There's movies where they just bloat it full of extra shit. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to point at The Return of the King. 
I, I hate to do it because I know someone out there is listening and they love the Lord of the Rings films. I don't think they're bad films. I think they're over long, especially Return of the King. I think they could have tightened up Return of the King. I could do. I could deal with a lot less Hobbit angst on the side of that fucking mountain with tears in their eyes. You could have cut an hour and a half of that out and gotten it down under four hours. So there's that kind of movie that's, in my opinion, a little unnecessarily long. And then there are films like uh, The Godfather. Uh, there are films like um, The Batman. I think The Batman's a long one, but deservedly so. I think... It's a. It's good that it's as long as it was because they they were able to do so much world building and they were able to like tie Falcone into both Catwoman as well as Thomas Wayne, Batman's yeah. father. So they were able to like weave this world together in a really kind of convincing way. It wasn't this ham fisted like he's really your father at the very end. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like they they managed to like lay things out in a in a in a good way. I think so. I was. Ultimately, I was glad that it was three hours because it was a good movie. If it had sucked, I would have been like, fuck, really? There's another hour? But it was. I, I thought it was pretty good, and I, I enjoyed the length. The only reason I feel this way is because I feel like it's just it's what I expect from a DC movie, even though this is a completely different style of DC movie. If you've listened to The Hood Diner and you hear me talk about the fucking any, any time we've talked about a DC movie, whether it be like yeah. Wonder Woman uh, Batman versus Superman, fucking Aquaman. I, I always say the same shit. The fight scenes at the end, the end fight scenes, they just, they're, they're drug on way too long. Dragged, whatever. Drug, whatever the fucking pro- proper term is. They're dragged on way too long. And I just felt like in the Batman, there was probably like four or five times where I felt like the scene just, just was like, like, okay, okay, like, come on, move to the next shot. Like yeah. I was just like, kind of like, it, it just, it just seemed like you thought that the next shot was coming, but it just kept dragging on and yeah. dragging on and certain. And I, and I, I felt that way about like more than, more than at least a handful of times where I was just like, okay, feeling those parts right there. Even if those got cut off, there, there could have been, you know, it could have been brought down to like two, two hours, 40 minutes, two forty five, yeah. two thirty five max. What are at the minimum? You know what I mean? But uh, I just felt like there was certain scenes that did that. Yeah, and I, I told my I told my buddy about that, and then he went and watched, and he was like, "I I feel like he's like when those scenes were happening, he was like, this is what fucking Kaz was talking about.' He's like, yeah. he literally told me afterwards, he's like, dude, I know what you're talking about.' He's like, there was a good couple spots where it just could it could have it could have just moved on like fucking yeah. faster, but they wanted to drag certain little parts on yeah. and just make it more. It was like the pacing make, a little bit, make it so, more intense. And yeah. we'll talk about the intensity because I don't know if you heard me mention on the last diner, dog. Like it made my uh, my Apple Watch uh, go off, saying that my heart so rate, heart rate? Was elevated. Yeah, bro. I thought you were exercising. It thought, yeah, and it's like it knows you're resting. It's like you haven't been moving, but all of a sudden your heart rate's hitting 120. Like, what's going on? Like, that's, you know, what's popping. It went off about three, two, three minutes into the beginning. And you know how the yeah. beginning, like the way it started, it was all fucking slow and mm-hmm. ominous. And like, he's explaining his role yeah. as Batman. He's in his, he's in his second. It was claustrophobic too. Cause as he's walking through that crowd of people on Halloween. There's so many people and it's dark and it's rainy. And it's like the camera's moving through these people and you're just getting this kind of like 
almost boxed in feeling these small spaces. It wasn't like this big open city skyline like you get when he's on top of a roof and you just see this big openness, this vast city. He yeah. was like moving through the like all like an ant going through an ant hill, like these tiny corridors. And I thought that was pretty effective for like setting this hey. tone at the beginning. It's like this grimy I'm telling you, man, like it literally like had me sucked in because like I like I said, I, I I Googled it afterwards when I got home and shit. I was like, is that normal for like your watch to go off if you're watching like, yeah. a movie or something? And it's like it's not uncommon that like you, you never had mine go off like that in a movie. But that's crazy. Dude, it like, was a trick. I mean, bro, look, do you think dude, your watch we can, knows we can. Be, <laughs> do you think your watch knows be, when you're when you're jacking off because of the motion sensor and the heart absolutely. rate? Like between absolutely. the heart rate and the motion sensor, I would have an idea. Like Siri knows when you're beating off. She's like, God damn it, not again. I bet you it's called like the shake wake and shake wake initiative or some yeah. shit like that. Like it knows. It knows. It's all either he's shake waiting. They, or he's he's beating it, but I'm gonna go with beating it because it's yeah. like four thirty in the morning. And yeah, it's that, it's two a.m. Do you think he's doing a shake weight with one hand? I don't think so. Right, just and just the just the right, like he, just the one. Yeah. <laughs> so what I think is that what's even more scary about that, like I don't want my watch to know when I'm masturbating, but what's even more scary is that like this is an internet connected device that's manufactured by a company that collects your fucking data. And I don't want Apple creating a profile knowing exactly when I masturbate, what times of day, what days of the week. What, and then, uh, of course, I'm looking at a MacBook Pro while I jack off, so they know what kind of porns I'm watching and shit like that, too. They know more about my sexual proclivities than even I myself know. And I don't know that I'm comfortable with Tim Cook having a clear window into my fucked up psyche. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if yeah, I like any of that. The implications of that are, are frightening too, to me. It's too late. They're, they're already, they already know. You already they know. Before we, before we even make them, they know what's going on. So what did you think about like the, um, uh, let's talk a little bit, I guess, about we, we sort of mentioned that beginning and how they, they set this tone and they set this sort of visual motif for the film. I think they carry through very well with the their like use it. of these Obviously. confined spaces. So, like, what do you think about the visual uh, aspects of this movie, especially compared to other Batman films? Oh man, it's definitely a darker Batman. It's definitely it's. Uh, what did they say? It's he said it's like a, what do they call that? Like a dark n- noir, 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 yeah, yeah noir detective style yeah. uh, of of film. Mm. And, and I appreciated uh, he, that. I always yeah, love a neo noir. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I always love a. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's always like, you know, noir films go all the way back to the 30s. They they begin in the late 30s, but they really hit their stride in the 40s. Films like Double Indemnity and The Maltese Falcon are are like original, like 1940s um, noir. And then films, of course, people grow up. Like we said, people grow up, uh, especially filmmakers, and they watch these old movies. They grow up on these old movies. So when it's their turn to make a film, of course, this becomes part of their like lexicon of like film language. When you're making a certain type of movie, like um, uh, a Batman film, what's he called? They call him like the detective. What are they? It's like Detective Comics, but it's like he's the something detective. I don't know. He's like the world's greatest detective. Yeah, he like might that. be the world's Actually, greatest detective. And, and I remember it said, he said that to him. I think, uh, not Falcone, but Penguin. Yeah. Oz, Are Oz you Long, the world's greatest couple, detective? Couple yeah. He said that. He's off. It isn't the world's greatest detective. Some yeah, and, shit like and that, so, yeah. you know, they, they, they look to these older, like, hard-boiled detective movies to find this, like, visual 
motif and, and theme to bring through. And I thought, you know, it worked really well in this film for the subject matter and everything. Like you said, it was a darker Batman. There weren't really very many like daytime scenes at all. There weren't very many daytime scenes. And the ones that there were, they weren't sunshine. They weren't blue skies. It was a lot of overcast, a lot of rainy, a lot of sunset and, and like dusk kind of scenes. So, um, you know, that way they could use that like darkened space as well. Yeah. You can appreciate it, man. It all, it all flowed together. It made me wonder, you know, know, like hearing how dark this film was going to be, you know, it made me wonder how it was going to compare with the recent uh, Christopher Nolan Batman films, the trilogy by Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises. And um, I was a little worried going into this film that it was going to be kind of a sort of a knockoff of uh, The Dark Knight, which was uh, obviously the best Batman film of all time. Um, I was a little concerned that they were going to take too much from Christopher Nolan's aesthetic book, like they were just going to make it look like those films. But I think mm-hmm. one thing that pleasantly surprised me was how different this film looked versus the Nolan films stylistically incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though the Nolan films themselves were like meant to be more darker than the other Batmans, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, they were more violent. They were more, you know, they were more intense and shit, you know, yeah. obviously because, because of the, the time that they were made, the era, we have better CGI and better fucking, you know, yeah. special effects and shit like that. But like with this one, I, I could appreciate it. Like, like I was watching, uh, I always watch this dude named, named Charlie. He's got a channel on YouTube called Emergency Awesome. Shout out to Deej. He knows who the fuck I'm talking about. We, we both like can appreciate this. He's just a total nerd and he just knows so much shit. And like after anything new comes out, whether it be like a new, uh, Mandalorian or a new movie or a new, just anything, dude. It's, it's pop culture related. This fool is making a video on it. He's making a top 10 WTF moments on it. And, uh, uh, what is it called? The Easter eggs and shit you might have missed video. Like this dude is thorough. You know what I mean? Oh, like sure. he knows all the good shit. So he was talking, he was talking about this, this movie, like, and he, he said it the same way. Like, yeah, he's like, he was completely different from the yeah. Nolan films, even though a lot of people were going into it thinking that it was going to be like, um, yeah, like you said, like a carbon copy or whatever, a little knockoff. Of yeah. It. it was, man. It's, it's its own, it's its own vibe. Very much. Know? And I can, Very I, can much I can appreciate so. it. I really like the fact that we got to see a young Bruce Wayne. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not a little kid ass Bruce Wayne, like mm-hmm. you, Bruce Wayne, like this is him in his second year as Batman. He's still, yep. he's still figuring it out. He's not the, uh, like even my lady was kind of bringing it up. She was like, was well, he was a different kind of Bruce? I was like, yeah, because he's not, he hasn't fully developed into like the, the playboy philanthropist, the, yeah. the, the Iron Man of DC as it were. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, 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 you know, <laughs> started using that to his advantage and, you know, using his title to get to into, to, different situations and just help him all around. And right yeah. now he's just, he's just a vigilante. He's just a motherfucker out there. Yeah. Some ass. He's trying and, to make a difference. You know what I mean? And so you get like, that arc in this film too. Like he starts out, I am vengeance, but then by the end of the movie, he understands that he can't just wield violence and expect these results. It's like beating yeah. your children. You can't just kick the shit out of your, your kids and expect them to grow up into good people. You have to provide a model for them as a parent too, to try to like, here is what you should be like as an adult. Like, look, I'm not beating the shit out of anybody. And that's what you should right. do when you're grown up. Don't beat the shit out of anybody. So no. I think that arc for Batman too was like, 
setting it in his second year was very important in order to tell that that arc of a story to get him to where he needed to be by the end where he was inspiring people and he people were that girl that he was helping load onto the airlift she was clinging to him you know he was comforting yeah. her he was holding her the way you hold a child a young child like a baby i mean he was whole, almost cradling her in his arms and so right. you could really that was a uh, you know just to jump to the end already is the very last shot of the film one of the very last shots of the film was a very powerful moment where you can see mm -hmm. like, this is the fulfillment of Batman's arc over the course of this film. And it was brilliant. I mean, it was really, they did such a good job with this movie, carving out a, a separate spot for this film, even after having done so many Batman films before it, that, that they made it visually distinct, but then they were able to tell this, this arc that really hasn't been explored very much with the other films. Cause we saw a young yeah. Batman and Batman begins. We saw him become Batman and Batman begins. We yeah. saw the first year of him being Batman there. And it, you know, we saw him kind of fail and develop his tactics and stuff like that and develop his outfit and, and the purpose for the various gadgets that he had and shit like that. But, um, you know, you didn't see that same like personal arc. And it was, yeah, it was you, cool. In this one, you can tell why it's it's different in the sense of where he he wasn't, what was it, trained by like the League of Shadows? Yeah. I no, love the League no, of Shadows. Was it Raj Al Ghul? Yeah. Whatever his name is. I mean, fucking forget about it. When you go fucking, you go to Tibet and climb some fucking mountain and get trained by mystical fucking ninjas and shit like that, like, bro, I was right? on board. Like when Batman Begins came out, I'm sitting through that scene, I'm like, you were going, huh? You were shit, planning I was to like, go, huh? You wanted to go. Fucking Batman got trained by ninjas. He's doing kung fu and shit in the fucking Tibetan mountains. Holy shit! I got, I was, I was hyped, and that still hypes me up for Batman Begins because I'm like, it makes sense why he kicks so much ass. It's not like he took like one little karate lesson down the street from some like uh, fat retired you know uh, army dude who learned two lessons in Okinawa on the base. I'm, I'm like, dude, dude went and and he found like the most secretest secret society. To teach him fucking secret ultra ninjutsu kung fu and shit like that and he came back and started whipping everyone's ass that made sense to me they even explained the little gauntlets on the side of his arm with that movie like there was a purpose to those little the little doodads sticking out the forearm there right most of the time you just think those are fucking silly who the fuck needs those it's like little dorsal fins on his fucking forearm like what are you gonna do oh, with those God. then he's like fucking like blocking shit and he's like using them to hook fucking swords right. and shit like and that then, i'm like and then when he was in the he was in the situation with the with the sliding fucking ice and he was able to use it as a break you know oh, yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah. no uh you know so these are two different films like this film you know but the, the the christopher nolan trilogy i'll give it a lot of credit for being an, a, a really amazing trilogy especially the dark knight mm -hmm. i fucking love the dark knight it doesn't get better than that my movie favorite in my shit too yeah my it's, favorite it's shit just too. so good top, top batman movie it's yeah it's it's honestly it's my top superhero film because i think it's one of the few superhero films that elevates above the genre of superhero like it, it sticks its head out above like if you don't like superhero movies you could still enjoy the dark knight because it's basically it's like heat you know, it's, it's it's like a superhero version of the movie Heat. If you've seen Heat, 1995, yeah. classic Michael Mann thriller with uh, Robert De Niro and 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 Al Pacino, Al Pacino and just a, a young Natalie Portman, and it's just and a Val Kilmer. I mean, Val Kilmer. Speaking yeah. of another dude who played Batman, um, but Heat is just such an incredible movie. That's another movie that's like three hours and deserves its its runtime definitely because it definitely. builds all of these characters and it's a great slow burn. And I think a slow burn. Mm. A slow burn is fine 
as long as you pop off good at the end. If you if that ending is satisfactory, then that whole slow burn feels like so like ah, I was along for the ride. But when you get let down, you're just like fuck. I wasted three hours. Fuck these guys. You're all Sopranos. What? Yeah. (laughs) So so the um the the what I thought was very interesting is something I do want to mention for you and as well as for anybody who comes and listens to this back again. I thought they did an interesting thing where with the Nolan films, they were hyper-realistic. Like you could see all of this happening in the real world. And it was naturalistic, the filmmaking style, the lighting, the camera work, all of the sets, everything looked real. The hospital looked like a real hospital. Wayne Manor looked like a real mansion. Uh, the the, the um, uh, Wayne Industries looked like a real office building. I mean, it all looked very fancy, but... But it lo- these looked like real spaces with like real light, like real ass, just New York, but Gotham City. Yeah, and shit. yeah. But it looked very naturalistic. Like if I were to walk outside and look at a city street downtown, that's kind of what Gotham City looked like. Here in this film, I thought it was he was he did an interesting thing in that he kept some of the darkness and a lot of the grittiness that you see in the Nolan films, especially The Dark Knight. And uh, parts of Batman Begins towards the end, where you see all that gritty part of the the city. He kept all of that grit, but he also took a lesson from Tim Burton's book where the mm-hmm. the lighting is no longer – the lighting and the sets, the mise-en-scene is no longer naturalistic. It has this sort of ethereal, otherworldly quality, a lot of darkened spaces for Batman to kind of come out of or recede into, which I love mm-hmm. the play on light and shadow. Of course, you can really do some amazing like visual things with Batman as he – like near the beginning there, like – they're looking over at the shadows and he just kind of walks out. And as the light starts to hit him, like he just like emerges almost like he's gliding out of the shadows. And I love shit like that. And um, I thought they did a great job of like taking, cause the Tim Burton Batman, as you remember, like they're like weird Gothic sort of um, very German expressionistic uh, with the lighting yeah. and the architecture doesn't look real. It doesn't look like a real space. It doesn't look like, downtown Boston or downtown New York. It looks like this weird kind of like Gothic architecture. And they brought some of that in with Wayne Manor, especially with Wayne, the interior spaces of Wayne Manor. It's like Gothic and weird. And it doesn't look like some dude's mansion. It just looks like some creepy, but they did such a fantastic job finding this like visual niche for this film, as well as like a story story niche, even while they're reusing characters that appeared in other films, like the Riddler and Catwoman and, and commissioner Gordon. Yeah, and it was all, st- but it was still believable. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you said, the, the Tim Burton shit was kind of like, look at the crazy, this crazy ass building. But like, yeah. you know, everything in there was still believable. Like, I, I wanted to touch back on on the whole thing with uh, with Alfred. Yeah, because that you know, it, like we said, it, he wasn't trained by the League of Shadows. It was implied in this one that it was Alfred yeah. who trained him, right? Yep, and Alfred. Was a fucking ex British intelligence. He was a, a fucking double O seven. Yep. He was a double O agent, Alfred. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's why he was like able to do those. Like he was helping him decipher those codes and shit. You know the, yeah. the riddles that 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 he was leaving Batman. Right. I think ba- I, com- I, I like that. Dude. I like that he got involved like that. So it yeah. showed that Alfred. Yeah. Because if I'm not mistaken, and I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure I think there's like a there's like a. a, a a show like all about him, right? And it's called I think like there Pennyworth is. or something. I've some never shit seen like it that. either, but yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's about him and his like origin story or probably something like that. But I just like I like that dude. His name Andy Andy Sedirk. Andy, Andy Circus. He Circus? played Gollum yeah, in the in the Lord of the Rings. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Love that guy, dude. I, I, I yeah, I he's forgotten. a great actor. The other day I had forgotten because obviously you see him pop up in uh 
he pops up and he dies in uh, Black Panther. Yeah. And he has that, he has that fucking. He that, was in Age of Ultron as well. He has well. that arm that was good. Well, see, that's where uh, Age where he of got Ultron the arm. was on the other day. And mm-hmm. that's where it got chopped off on accident by fucking, fucking, uh, Robert California's ass. And he was fluke. And he's like, Oh, uh, 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 you, you can fix that. Right. That can be fixed. Right. And fucking, he's just like, just got his arm hocked off, but he's not even yeah. screaming nothing. He's just like, huh? Yeah. Like yeah. he's fucking, he's just, yeah, Gollum. Mm. You know, like he did play that bad guy character in in Black Panther and Age of Ultron. He was kind of a, a shithead in those movies. And obviously mm. there's not a lot of love for Gollum. He's a pretty disgusting creature overall. Uh, there's a little bit of like you feel bad for him, but he's still pretty like gnarly. But in this film, mm. like he's very like a like – Alfred is always this like very human, very like caretaking character. And so I think he did a good job of like bringing out that like sort of paternal concern. Like that's something that I think Michael Caine did very well that they built with the – the Nolan films, that dynamic between Bruce and Alfred, that you know, Alfred's not like a servant. He's not sticking around for the money, but he, he has he's this. Definitely more of a fa- he's more of a yeah. father figure to him, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And so I'm glad. But, they- in this, but, but in this one, they kind of clash. I was cracking up at the scene where, okay, you know, like I said, spoiler alert, fucking uh, the, one of those uh, riddles got left for, for, for Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Because it was meant to kill him because he was going, like the, the Riddler was going after like all the. What is it? All the leaders of like the fucking whatever, whatever little organization it was called, the owl organization or some shit like that. Yeah. And it was that it was the, 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 the Waynes and the Arkhams. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until this movie that know, like his, yeah. la- his wife was an I Arkham. No and they idea. Were the his mom that, was Arkham. That yeah. Made, that no made idea. the asylum. You know no what I mean? Idea. So I was, yeah. I was like, that's fucking dope right there. So I, I kind of looked into a little bit of that and shit afterwards and shit. But yeah. yeah, they're like the, they're like the leaders of some, some group that's called the Owls. And apparently they're probably going to be brought in, in as the, next like movie. the main villains yeah. in the next, they say it's going to be a trilogy. They, yeah. they I, I did read, read about that, that there's going to be a trilogy. They might be bringing Mr. Freeze. As one of the villains in the future and shit like yeah. that, he said that they're thinking of doing like a different version of of Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. possibly Joker or not Joker, Scarecrow, because he could still be like a dude that's working there at the Arkham Asylum and Harley Quinn, like they're both there. And yeah. obviously, we got a little bit of tease of you know the 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 next guy who's going to be playing the Joker. Obviously, yep, new like Joker. That. They had a little that little scene was good where he fucking threw a riddle at the Riddler. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was like letting him know, like, hey. What's such and such and is better when you have fucking few or some shit like yeah. that, whatever the riddle was, and it was friends or some yeah. shit. Yeah, like, I hey, like let's that, get dude. together. Let's uh, let's make this a duo. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they did, again, like I said, they did some excellent world building by just laying out a few things like that ending where they, they tease this guy and he's clearly meant to be like this version of the Joker. And um, and so, you know, I think I think they've get, they've got a lot of potential coming up for the sequels. I love the fact that, you know, like you mentioned a minute ago that um, Alfred has a history as as British intelligence. And I think oftentimes you can look at, at uh, Batman as almost like a American version of James Bond, but more of like a superhero than a spy. Mm-hmm. But but James Bond does a lot of superhero shit. Like you, he's not exactly a spy. Like spies stay secret and shit. Like they're, they're hidden. James Bond is just like going up the staircase, like mowing people down, like fucking, you know, James Bond does plenty of right. like flashy superhero shit. He just doesn't wear a, a costume, right? He wears a fucking tux and that's his version of the, of the superhero costume. But so like looking at Batman, even though Batman's creation does predate uh, James Bond, and I think James Bond was created until after world war two. And, Batman was created in the 1930s. So, uh, you know, mm. maybe James Bond is like a English version of Batman, but 
But you can see Batman as being like he's got all this wealth of resources, just like James Bond has the whole British Secret Service intelligence. Q branch makes him all these awesome gadgets. Uh, Batman's got all these awesome gadgets. He's, he's got, got Alf- he's got Alfred. And he's got Alfred. One, Alfred's like his M, right? And Alfred was like over here telling him like, hey, man, like you're burning through your fucking money. Yeah. Like with all this shit that you're building down here, man. Yeah. Like, don't forget, you got a fucking business to run over here. Yeah, you got to go you know, upstairs and, got, and sell some Wayne gonna, shit. Some people are fucking going to lose their job if you don't fucking sign some checks. Like, yeah, come man. on, Bruce, what's up? Like, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a completely different, just a, a just a completely different take on on the yeah. normal Batman we're so used to seeing. You know what I mean? And I like that. That's yeah. the thing that intrigued me the most was it was just a completely different take on Batman. Like yeah. I said, it skipped the. It skipped the death of the the parents. It, it yeah, I'm so glad. You know, they skipped it, that. it picks up in in a. In a it's place just we don't need to. See, you don't need to. You don't need to burn any runtime of your film on that because it, this was a three hour movie. And if they had wasted twenty minutes or thirty minutes showing us that bullshit all over again for the eighteenth time, I would have looked mm-hmm. at that runtime and thought, Kaz is right, it's too long. But but as it is, they gave us three hours of Batman without explaining his origin for an umpteenth time. And yeah. that was brilliant that they gave us three original hours of Batman. And uh, and that's excellent. You mentioned the sequels and some of these bad guys that are coming up. Harley Quinn, um, Mr. Freeze. I think, you know, Batman on the one hand kind of suffers from the you know, the the length of time that his comic books have been running and all of the various decades that his comic books have gone through. And, you know, there has been some kind of cheesy shit. And, you know, uh, accepting the Riddler as a, you know, like even the Riddler, it, compare him to Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler or the Riddler from the animated series or the comic books himself. He's usually this kind of dapper guy with a cane and a little yeah. fedora. And he wears this this stupid little mask and he's got question marks all over his shit. And he just looks kind of like a sideshow clown at a fucking circus or something. But in this film, they obviously changes. He doesn't have fucking question marks all over his clothes. They still use the question mark motif in some of the stuff that he leaves for Batman, but it makes more sense there. But he doesn't have it printed all over his clothes. He's not wearing a dapper little fedora with a cane. So they took this. Obviously, they made changes to the character to make it more palatable for the universe that they envisioned. And I think that's kind of something that Batman's enemies need like i think it's hard to do i think mr freeze especially is going to be really difficult to do because yeah he's going to be weird penguin i'm surprised they put penguin in this movie because he's kind of a campy character too like the guy looks like a penguin it's pretty stupid but they did it good with penguin so i'm hoping that whatever whatever other colin farrell you couldn't even tell it that was colin farrell that blew my mind that was was the one thing that's not colin farrell get out of here i i went into this movie blind i knew nothing about this movie and when I saw John Turturro show up as Falcone, I was like, yes, John Turturro. Yeah. My wife is like, who? And I, I backhanded her immediately. I think she cried through the rest of the movie. I was like, that's what you, you get what you deserve. You don't know who John Turturro is. And then um, when the Penguin came, I, I had to look, when I looked the movie up later, I found out it was like I the whole movie, I didn't know it was Colin Farrell. And then we got home and I was reading about it. I was like, honey, did you know that Colin Farrell played the Penguin? And she was like, uh, remember that time that I told you I don't fucking know people? And I was like, Colin Farrell. And she's like, fucking who? And I was like, God damn it, woman, here, look. She's like, oh, I've seen him in movies. Yeah, he's been in a fucking ton of movies in the last 15 years. He's a fucking famous dude. And he went from being super fucking handsome to like they turned him into the penguin. It was incredible. 
they made him they made him more of like a they made him more Scarface like you know what I mean? He, he yeah. got a little bit. Of yeah, a he had scarface scars. Oh, yeah. Into him. He did, and, and he, then, he 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 did have like a very good like gangster vibe. Like you believe him as this kind of mafioso style gangster in was, Gotham City. He was thugged. He was thugged out. He yeah, was thugged out. That whole that whole chase scene, bro. That shit is dope. Where he fucking that chase thought, scene. He thought he fucking got the best of him. He comes out of nowhere and he just like bashes the car and the fucking let's talk about flips. Like let's talk about classic chase scenes, okay? Because there are some good chase scenes in the history of cinema. There's something that looks really good on celluloid, and that is a chase scene. And when they're well done, they are fucking entertaining. There's a pretty famous one from the second Matrix film. And uh, most of it involves Trinity on the motorcycle with the key maker dude, and she's weaving in and out of traffic and evading the the agents who are taking it over different vehicles to stay in pursuit. And um, that one was helped by a lot of CGI, but it's still a pretty epic chase. Uh, there's mm-hmm. also the uh, chase scene that was done in 1985 in William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. And because it was 85, there was no CGI. They had to do this all practically. They show the guy drive the wrong way up the the on-ramp. He drives up the off-ramp and onto the freeway. So he's it's, it's a high-speed pursuit. The cops are chasing him, and he drives the wrong way onto a fucking highway, 70 miles an hour, and they're swerving in and out. It's incredible. But this... This chase scene was a lot like that. I think it owed a lot mm-hmm. to the to live and die in LA chase scene because of the way they just were moving in and out of traffic on a freeway and how do they keep this pace up and yet they just ramped up the tension so well that when Batman finally comes flying out of the flames, like Penguin thinks he got away, he's like, ha, ah, you know, he's like celebrating and shit. And he's beat just looking you. at the flames, yeah, I beat you, I beat you. And it's just you see the flames and then you see that Batmobile like Psh coming out of the flames and you just cut back to his fucking face. Jet and he's just, engine. Yeah. Like fucking jet engine. The Batmobile. It was a great Batmobile in this movie. What'd you think about the Batmobile? It was, it was dope. See, that's what I could appreciate about this one is in this one. It seemed like it was like all the toys and everything that he had seemed like they could have been built by like a fucking yeah. rich motherfucker with like a homie who knew what he was doing with his own Q branch type of dude. You know what I yeah. mean? Like <laughs> you see some of the shit that, it's in the other ones, man. It's like fuck. He had to send that out to get made. They didn't make yeah. it themselves. Yeah. Well, and you're not like, building a. He's got Morgan Freeman helping him, and he's got like all the industries at Wayne Industries building his tech form in the Nolan yeah, films. Because you're not that's building. True. What is he flying around in the third one? He's got like this like bat copter, like this plane that he flies around. Like, dude, you're not building that in your garage. In this movie, yeah. it showed him like he's literally tinkering on the Batmobile to build it, and he's doing it with his bare hands buying up parts from old jet engines like you said and that was pretty fucking dope that whole scene and i mean that's that's another thing about this movie if you can have a three-hour movie make it pretty to look at like give me some Mm -hmm. beautiful photography to look at and they did not disappoint in that chase scene because when he comes flying out of that i mean that might be my favorite shot of the film and it's just flames and penguins celebrating and then you just see the batmobile just like push like right out of the flame and um then, you know, of course, he, he hits Penguin so hard, the car flips several times. I'm amazed. I was like, I nudge my wife. I was like, there's not a fucking airbag in that fucking, what was the Penguin driving? Was it like a, a, a it was a Bugatti? It was, like, it was it a Maserati? Like something, or? Pretty, something pretty fancy. It, it had, yeah, they, it was they're really like, yeah, it nice. something with some balls. Something, and I was like, where's the airbags? 
You can't yeah. roll a, a fancy car like that, some kind of Maserati or something. You cannot fucking roll that car without every single goddamn airbag in that thing fucking going off. And there wasn't a single airbag. That's a minor complaint. But then he's upside down in the car and he's like watching as Batman gets out of the Batmobile and everything's upside down because we're seeing it from Penguin's viewpoint. So we see Batman like walking slowly, almost like a cowboy. That music kicks in. It felt like a cowboy scene because you see his boots and you can hear his boots thumping. You can hear the boots too. I I thought, I thought immediately like, Oh fuck. Like that's, that's their homage to like John Wayne and, um, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood style of those old, uh, Western films, because you just see, like, he's just walking a nice and slow, nice and calm, like Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. He's just like, hey, I got you. Got you where I want you. You're not getting away from me. I'm the Batman, motherfucker. And that shot, and he just slowly, like, leans into the window, and you just see Robert Pattinson's face, like, enter the screen, and he's just looking at him like, you thought you could get away from me, huh, motherfucker? I got you. Right. Ah, so good. So it's this shit like that that you leave a film very satisfied the way they put it together, the way they execute it. And you're just like, damn, yeah, Batman's pretty big. Like he wasn't infallible. He wasn't like God or Jesus, but he was like, you could tell like Batman stayed a step ahead for the most part. The Riddler kind of got him at the end a little bit. They stayed a step ahead. And, uh, and he, like, it was just really, really satisfying the way like they developed his character and, and, and had the Batman do throughout this film was fucking good. Yeah. Well, you got, you got, he, he definitely got him at the end because by the time he figured that shit out and was trying to call fucking Alfred, that bomb had already gone off like yeah. an hour ago. Yep. You know what I mean? So he, he, he definitely got him a little bit. I like that they, uh, they had mentioned that that dude, they based him a lot off the Zodiac killer. Like yeah. the way he dressed and like yeah. the, the little writings mm-hmm. and carvings and the, all the little, the little symbols. Did. He used all the little, the he symbols, used the code. Yes. That's exactly how the Zodiac killer did. I actually texted a buddy of mine as soon as the movie was done. Um, he loved it. He saw it about a week before I did. So afterward I texted him. I was like, dude, that remake of Zodiac starring the Batman was really fucking good. And he laughed his yeah. ass off. Cause you know, David Fincher made that film Zodiac like back in, Oh five or something like that. And it's, it's, it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it of all people. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and Zodiac, it's a good film, but, uh, but it, this was far more exciting. And, uh, I think a much better, like I fell asleep during Zodiac the first time I tried to watch it. Cause I tried to watch it like 11 o'clock at night. Cause I was young and dumb and full of cum. So I tried to watch mm-hmm. that shit way too late and I uh, fell asleep. But man, I, uh, I bust his balls. Cause I was like, this is it. It was like Zodiac except with Batman. Yeah, they yeah. make you believe. They make you believe like that. This dude's like just crazy because like the way they do it, like the music's playing. All you can hear is his breathing. You know, he's breathing yeah. hard, and he's like kind of like his breathing gets eradicated because he's he's getting ready to do something. He's ready to fucking wrap your face with fucking tape and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like with duct tape. Holy shit, dude! Like that shit was just. That was good, man. It was good. Yeah. It was, like I said, it it was in, in the very beginning. It made my my heart rate go up, and then one more time later on in the film, I think like maybe like uh maybe an hour and a half, hour forty five in. I don't remember went up one more time, and you know, part of me's like, could it have been that you know I'm I'm still you know I'm still in the in the process of losing weight, and I was having some some popcorn and some butter, and oh, I had popcorn in mine too. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
You know what I'm saying? And I fucking dude, I love me some popcorn. I do love, I love popcorn. popcorn. Where we dude. where we go, this this company is called the Harkins. Oh, they make the best popcorn. Dude. It's only like four different theaters in Tucson and like at all. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm best. talking about. We always go to the one theater. There's a one theater in Portsmouth. It's about a twenty minute drive, so it's a little bit further, but it's worth it because they have an RPX theater and it's basically like IMAX. So, you know, just imagine a bigger theater with um, you know, like better sound. And for a film like mm-hmm. Batman, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's like a um, a smaller movie, if it's like a comedy. Like if I'm going to see like a 40-year-old virgin, it, you don't need to see that shit in IMAX, right? But like for a, a film like No Time to Die, Skyfall, um, The Batman, The Dark Knight. Like I saw mm-hmm. The Dark Knight in IMAX three fucking times, and that was IMAX. So we drive further, and they got good popcorn too. I fucking love it. And, um, I mean, I don't go, I go to the movies every other month, every third month at this point in my life, unfortunately. So I'm not eating much popcorn. I'm not, I don't eat it. I don't fuck with it at home. You know, I don't do like the microwave shits or whatever at home. You know, if I'm watching a movie at home, I'll just eat, you know, I'll just snack on something healthy or whatever. I drink, drink a fucking yeah. protein shake. Or That's whatever. what I need to start doing is just taking my shit with me like that. Like some mixed nuts and all that good shit. Yeah. But you but know, they, uh, in the theaters, yeah, that no, theater the popcorn is just, it makes the experience oh, for me. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's part, yeah, exactly. It's part of the experience and shit. Like my yeah. dad, well, my dad does me. He's like, whenever I know I'm going to the movies, like I'm a, I, I use the popcorn as one of my meals. So he's like, we're going to go see the movie like I want. Yeah. And right now he's still, he's still a little fucking like scary about all the COVID shit like that. So he doesn't like going like in the evenings when it's a lot of people. Yeah. See out here, like at the Harkins, you have to, you have to buy your seat in advance. Okay. Or when you pull up and you're yeah. like, what showing is, 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 you know what's playing right now oh there's this 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 and this and they'll be like okay let me get two for this they'll bring up a whole damn little screen yeah. and they'll show you which one they do that at my place they're like, too they're like yeah. you got to pick a seat you know what yeah. I mean? so you got to pick your seats blah, blah, it's blah. a signed seat like, it's just like it's just like buying tickets to a sports game you're gonna pick your seats yeah. or concert in, or something up in phoenix up in phoenix they have like harkins they have, there's a bunch of harkins up there and they have what's called cine one seating which is like where it's like the big chairs with yeah. the fucking the lounge they re- chairs they and recline the and shit. up and all that shit dude oh my god i love that and they finally built one at the one on the south side there's only one theater but like when yeah when the good shit comes out like when no time to die came out me and my pops went and saw that hell yeah there and then shit what did we see there last time we saw a bunch of we've seen a bunch of movies in that center one but there's a harkins that's way closer to our house so it's got to be a good enough movie to where we're like, all right, we're going to yeah. drive down there. You know what I mean? Got to make it worth the drive. Risk our car getting stolen because that particular uh, shopping center is known for, for for fucking car theft. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, yeah. from from that point right there, from that point, it's, it's the south side, right? It's the south side of town. And the second you leave the south side, you're literally 90 minutes away from Nogales. Okay. From the border. So if somebody goes to a fucking movie and then they come on, their car's gone, bro, fucking chances are that car's on the other side of the fucking border by the time you reported it and shit. Damn. Like it's just that, that particular, it's just, it's called the spectrum. It's called the spectrum on the South side. And like, there's, there's fucking everything there. It's built up. It's, it's, it's a great fucking plaza. Like there's everything there. There's a target. There's a home Depot. There's a, a Michael's and like every food you can think of is there. All of them, the fucking red lobsters there. Like every, every big thing is there, including the movie theater. Yeah. But it's just, it's just so much chaos going on down there. And it's just, it's like I said, it's on the south side of town, so like it gets it gets hit a lot. My, so my take baby. an Uber, basically, get them to drop oh, you well, off, I mean, and then you don't have a car. As far as hell, that's like 
probably like 15, 20 miles from my house right here. So now we risk it. We just roll out there. You know, we got insurance. That's what insurance is for. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's all good. But uh, they got yeah, some insurance yeah, no. claims in this film, huh? They trashed some shit in this movie. Ooh, Even oh, that chase scene, they blew up a lot of fucking cars. I'm thinking, oof. There's a lot of oh, people. God, yeah. And he literally had to like slide between what a couple big um, tractor trailers and shit that yeah. were fucking diesels and shit that were going up. And yeah, bro. It, it, like I said, it was good. Like, like I said, my only complaint was I feel like it could have been chopped down just a little bit because yeah. of those scenes where I'm just like, this 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 particular scene just seems to be dragging on. Come on, move on. Like, let's get to the next scene. But it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't more than a handful of times. So. Yeah. But it, but overall, straight. I'm 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 very. Uh, I looked up the uh, I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes before yeah. I came on, and it said uh, critics got it at eighty five, and the audience the at eighty nine. Pe- people, eighty eight is what it said today. Ah, uh, okay. It was eighty nine last weekend when I looked that up. Okay. But still, I'm, I, I believe yeah. that shit. I'm, Honestly, I'm just kind of surprised it's not higher because uh, yeah, it should be. Yeah, it should definitely be in the nineties. I kind of thought, yeah, I kind of thought it'd be five points higher on both ends. Like I kind of figured that the critics would have it at about ninety, and then the um, the audience would have it at about ninety three, ninety five, somewhere in there. Because I don't know, yeah. I, this movie is doing. I don't know if you've heard. You probably are at least somewhat aware. This movie is doing incredibly. At the box office. Was your movie, when you went to see it, was it pretty packed? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was super yeah. packed. Was Us, too. We saw packed. it on a Saturday. And we went and saw it the weekend. The week it came out on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was Saturday night. And we went to, like, a late-ass show. We went to, we went to the 1030 fucking show. Oh, so we didn't get wow. out the fucking theater until, like, one something. You I used to I mean? love like, going to see movies that late. But my wife is like, nope, fuck no, motherfucker. We went to see a 3.30 show. P.M. Nice. So yeah, I mean that way we're home, kiss our daughter and throw her in the crib. But but this movie, I don't I don't, I don't know how aware you are of this, but a metric that's oftentimes used to track a movie's success is not just opening weekend. That's a big metric that gets mentioned a lot in the media. But another big metric that a lot of um, it's maybe more inside, like the studios track this to track success, but they track the drop off from week one to week two. So even if you have a really great opening weekend. If you drop off a lot and then you stay low, you don't always make a ton of money, even if you have a really strong first weekend. So the idea is that they want to have a really strong first weekend, but then they want the they don't want it to drop off as much. They want yeah. it to stay really strong. And and this film has had the strongest second um, weekend. It has the least amount of drop off of any Batman movie ever. Okay. So all the Batman movies, this one held on the best. And that's amongst a bunch of other like pretty damn successful Batman films is, like The Dark is Knight. It beating, is it beating Spider-Man No Way Home, though? I don't think so. I think Spider-Man No Way Home is just going to fucking clean up everything. And then fucking uh, Doctor Strange is probably going to put up some crazy numbers next month. I would month. imagine, yeah. I, I next think Next month. Soon. And I'm, I'm excited. That'll probably be the next one that I go see in theaters. I probably won't make it back to the theaters until May for that one. And that'll be like a week after oh, my some, kid is there's born. There's some good so. stuff coming out, man. There's some real good yeah. stuff coming out. There's All these companies have been sitting on these movies. A lot of these movies coming out this year should have been out in like 2020, 2019 yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? Like they held on to no, no, no time to no time die, to as, die long yeah. as, they could, as long as they could, you know, and then they saw an opportunity and like, I think... I think they did all right, but I guarantee you they probably didn't make what they wished they would have made. No, and I, I don't think they, they made what they would have made pre-pandemic either. 
Because even when No Time to Die came out, I think there were still a lot of people, because that was last November, there were still a lot of people that were hesitant about returning to the theaters. I think I think this year, especially this summer, it's going to really ramp up because a lot of places have dropped all of the COVID restrictions, mask mandates and shit like that. Even at my college campus, which is possibly the most liberal place on the planet Earth, is um, mm-hmm. they dropped mask mandates two weeks ago. They just said, we don't we don't care anymore. It's up to you if you want to wear them, but you don't have to anymore. That's two years of it being strictly mandatory to like wear a mask if you're even thinking about going on campus. And so for them to for them to uh, drop that was pretty crazy. And I think that's going to reflect in people going out, people traveling and people going to the movies. So I think people yeah. are going to be really going back to the movies. And I think um, movies like the Batman are really going to benefit from, from people being like willing to get back out there and, you know, go see that shit. And I, I just think, you know, I think this was a great movie. I'm looking forward to their sequels. I'm really hoping that they don't, I'm really hoping they don't um, fuck things up with some of the cheesier characters. I hope they they do the right thing with somebody like Killer Croc or Mister Freeze. I mean, that's the problem with Batman is that you you're we're at a point in the history of Batman films where there have been um, several films already made, and so villains like the Joker, the Riddler, Two Face, um, Catwoman, all the the kind of more regular villains have already been used. And so yeah. you could use a villain like Killer Croc or something like that, Man Bat or something like that. But now you're getting into like more kind of sci-fi territory, kind of magic sort of territory where it's like, eh, what's the origin of this person? What's the plausibility of this person as a, a villain? Like they didn't, we're just going to have to explain they came from like a Mars or another dimension or something. And it's, it stretches yeah. the audience. I mean, it, you know, we have movies like Doctor Strange, like you mentioned, where some shit like that might work because you have these weird kooky dimensions and magic and shit. But the Batman worlds that they've built on screen are very much like even one like this that's stylistically a little different from the real world. It's still like this is the real world, like real shit happens. There's no magic. There's no flying. There's no maybe Superman exists, but maybe he doesn't. And that's something I want to no, pick he, up in a he second. Doesn't. But, I was going to bring that up because in in. I guess a couple of interviews with that dude, Matt Reeves, they said that in this particular uh, universe, there is no metahumans. They're not yeah. doing them. Like so let me, that. let me ask gonna, this. He's not going to, he's not going to bring Superman in one way or, yeah. or the other. So, know? so in that, in that sense, he is like Nolan. Nolan basically said the same thing at the outset of his trilogy. He said he wanted to keep it grounded in reality. He He's going to ignore elements of the story and characters that are, uh, overly fantastical and believing that they don't have a place. So uh, I was actually going to ask you how you felt about the lack of any connection to the rest of the DCEU. Like there's no cameos, there's no Easter eggs that hint that Cyborg is a person or Aquaman exists. There was none of that. How did you feel about that? Well, I didn't really think about it too much while watching it, but it wasn't until doing like obviously watching shit afterwards. They say that they are they, like this dude. This dude is gonna hold Pattinson as like the main Batman for this this particular DC universe. Yeah, and this part they already said that <clears throat> he might be making a <clears throat> he might be making a cameo in uh, the Flash. Yeah, 
the Flash, the Flash is, is like, going to involve know. a whole bunch of different universes coming together and shit. Yeah, and I mean, I was like, well, that's weird because isn't the Flash kind of like a fucking metahuman too? Yeah. Or no, nah, maybe yeah. he's not. I don't know. He's I don't know. His ability I, somehow, but but that was what they were touching on. And so, like, they're they are definitely gonna like expand it, but I just don't think it, it's not gonna have shit to do with like, you know, because I, I heard that they still want to do more of the um, Justice Leagues. Yeah, you know, with fucking Superman and Aquaman Wonder and all Woman that shit, they'll bring them back. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, who's going to come back as Batman? Is it going to be fucking? Is what's Pattinson?" They're like, "No, no, no. Um, Pants has nothing to do with this style universe. That's up to you guys. You guys figure out what you want to do." There's been talk saying that they might even bring back uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton's like an, coming an, back an older, in the Flash film. Older yeah. Bruce Wayne and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's Michael be Keaton badass, is dude. Michael Keaton is is uh, almost certainly returning for that. The word is. I have some thoughts on this. The reason that's the reason why I wanted to ask you because, you know, I think um, Marvel had some insane success by creating an interconnected universe of films, and I think it it really broadened a lot of creative possibilities for Marvel to have characters cross over, and a big star like Robert Downey Jr. could have his own a trilogy he could be a major component of the avengers but he could also show up for some smaller roles to help tie things together like the first spider-man film and um the very end of the incredible hulk that no one seems to acknowledge but the idea is that marvel had incredible success creating this interconnected world and i think audiences really responded to it well too because like i said there's mm-hmm. a lot of creative possibilities but then when dc came out they wanted to just replicate marvel's success and it always felt, you know, the whole, um, you know, um, Superman, uh, what's his name, Henry Cavill and and Ben Affleck era really felt like DC was behind the eight ball. They were trying to catch up to what Marvel was doing. They were uh, not doing as well because really the execution was pretty poor. It wasn't as well done as Marvel in creating this you know, the, the quality wasn't as consistent. You know, some of the movies were all right. Some of them were downright shitty and yeah. um, none of them were really great. And Marvel, you know, even a bad Marvel movie is still, it's not a total piece of shit. Even like Thor, the dark yeah. world is still, there's a level yeah, of it's quality. still watchable. It's yeah. still watchable. Yeah. yeah. And it has and some of these, it yeah. has, it has key things in it that yeah. it's like, okay, if you missed that, you gotta, you gotta yeah. realize what that, that happened in for the dark world. You didn't so miss that. You what I, what I saw, what I saw DC doing circa 2017 was they were trying to catch up to Marvel. They were trying to do what Marvel did with their own uh, intellectual properties. But what I have seen DC doing since coronavirus, uh, since the pandemic kind of changed the face of movie going, I think is such a much better strategy for them. They have been going into separate films instead of trying to shoehorn all these characters in, in a way that doesn't feel it. The the problem I have, and, and this applies to Marvel too, but certainly with the DC films, the problem I sometimes have with these, this interconnectedness is sometimes it feels forced and sometimes it feels like, a movie is just a two-hour trailer for the next movie. And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you need to go see the Spider-Man because you won't understand the Avengers. And you need to see this Avengers because then you won't understand the next Avengers. And it feels mm-hmm. like, on the one hand, I like that they're telling this massive story that can culminate in something as epic as Endgame. But on the other hand, it feels sometimes it feels a little bit like 
why I'm sitting through this movie that has like really no, it's not going to have any repercussions on the universe, but it's basically a two hour trailer for this other movie. And I felt like DC did that a lot. It was like, Oh, Hey, Batman versus Superman is a three hour trailer for justice league. Right. We're just going to try to get your pussy wet for justice league. And we're going to force all these characters in because Batman knows about cyborg and Aquaman somehow because he's Batman and he's smart and he's got like cameras under the ocean or whatever. I'm the, 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 the fact that they were trying to like, push this stuff together that didn't really fit great. It really was kind of jarring for me. And so I thought DC taking this approach with the Joker, with the second suicide squad, with, um, with now with the Batman by let's separate them out. Let's just focus on one good quality movie. Let's make this movie great. Let's hire really competent people. The performances have been stellar. The directors have been really solid. They've put together movies that stand on their own apart from everything else. And they're fucking really good. I like mm-hmm. that I don't have to worry about Joaquin Phoenix showing up as the Joker in a Robert Pattinson Batman film. I like the fact that I don't have to worry about, like, we just got a very realistic version of Batman. Even if it was very expressionistic in terms of mise-en-scene and filmmaking style, we still got a grounded, realistic Batman. I like that I'm not going to have to worry about him showing up in some weird sci-fi shit with a dude who shoots lasers out of his eyes and shit. And so I think this strategy for DC is a much better strategy. And I think the numbers have shown it because the Batman did great. Joker was a tremendous financial success. And what I, what I think it's telling them is that people want the quality over forcing this interconnected narrative. That's just trying to be like Marvel, but failing. Well, if you notice, they, they, DC started to get smart by like kind of chipping at fucking Marvel's directors. Like when they brought James yeah. Gunn in to do the next that uh, was smart. Suicide Squad, that was so smart. The second Suicide Squad. I mean, dude, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I didn't enjoy the first Suicide Squad because I'm just a fan yeah, of like fucking okay. the comics and shit. But it, yeah, it was it wasn't a great movie. I at haven't all. even seen the and second then the one same yet. same thing at the very end, dude. It was just a bullshit ass long fucking. Let's go yeah. fight this witch. Yeah. Oh, it's your turn, buddy. You get in there and fight her. Oh, you failed. Okay, now it's your turn, and now you get in there and you fight this bitch and fucking you fail oh no it's my turn let's get in yeah Yeah, bro come on just stop and and basically like you know with the next suicide squad it was good i've i've enjoyed i just finished watching uh peacemaker yeah how's that day oh god it's fucking great bro i got hbo max now thanks joby so hey check it out start there start with that okay go the first the first episode sucks you right in it's great should i watch peacemaker before i watch the suicide squad because I haven't seen the second. Uh, suicide no, suicide no, yeah. Watch the first. Watch the second yeah. Suicide Squad first. Okay, because so, Peacemaker takes takes uh, up right after that. Okay. Okay. Cool. It's it literally starts right after that. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe like six months after that. He's in like a coma. Okay. He's in so a, I think I gotta ask you who who's your favorite Batman? Oh, oh that Batman. was one of my questions. You just read my mind. Yeah. So I have a list. I have a. I made a list for you uh, before we before we got together, uh, and that's. I'll answer first because you asked, but then I'll I'll turn this one back on you. I'm gonna list. I'm gonna give you my favorite Batman's, but I'm gonna list them in order. I've ranked all of the Batman's. This is my opinion right now. So I got Christian Bale on top, number one, Christian Bale, because we got three movies with him, and he got to do a lot of work as Batman, and he I think he did a very good job balancing both Batman and Bruce Wayne personas and did a pretty good job in both roles. And that's not true of all of the actors that have played Batman, Bruce Wayne. Uh, in, in second place, I got Robert Pattinson. And 
you know, I know he's the sparkly dude from Twilight. And a lot of people are like, why are you casting Robert Pattinson as Batman? But after what we learned with Heath Ledger's casting as the Joker, and, and if you remember 2006, when they la- when everyone found out that Heath Ledger was playing the Joker and everyone was like, that fucking guy from fucking 10 Things I Hate About You and fucking Knight's Tale, that pretty boy is going to play the Joker? What Broke the back, fuck? Brokeback broke back Mountain. He's going to pull yeah. his dick out of Jake Gyllenhaal. He's going to play the do- the Joker. <laughs> but but then when you went and saw the movie, you're like, okay, he now I understand. his sister Maggie. Yeah, yeah I know, right? So, like... After after the success they had with a, a, a kind of um, uh, irregular, kind of unconventional casting, I gave them the benefit of the doubt with Pattinson, and I actually liked him in in, in the trailers. I liked the way he looked as Batman. I thought he's got a good chiseled jaw for he's it. He's got a you, good Batman face. Yeah, he's, he's got does. a great he, Batman face. He fits face. the cow good. He fits a good Yeah, and, and so anytime somebody said something about Robert Pattinson, I was like, ah, don't, don't listen to him because I'm – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And he, let me tell you, he pulled it off. Now, I think he was a weaker Bruce Wayne when he was in his Bruce Wayne persona. I don't, I think he was the movie and and it may not just be Pattinson. It may be the way it was written and directed. This was very much a Batman movie where, Uh where, where Bruce Wayne and the idea of him trying to balance these two lives, they didn't really touch on that theme. That theme was more touched on in other Batman films, especially Mm -hmm. Batman Begins and the dark less night. playboy less yeah. playboy more yeah more detective trying to figure out what he loves like he spent more time as batman in this yes. movie than he did as bruce wayne yeah you, know you I mean? can tell that he really you know he just didn't want to be bruce wayne in this movie like the character was batman and bruce wayne was a pain in his ass like being yeah. bruce wayne showing up and doing bruce mm-hmm. wayne shit was a pain in his ass so he hated it I put Pattinson second because I do I do love him now as Batman, but um, I didn't you know he wasn't the best uh, Bruce Wayne in the world. I don't think he balanced that out well. But I put Michael Keaton as third because obviously I watched the Batman as a as a very young child, nineteen eighty nine. I was a youngster when I watched that movie. Uh, one of, probably one of the first movies that I actually remember going to see in the theaters. And um, I thought Michael Keaton even better than Batman. He was a great Bruce Wayne. He was a really good, like, I believed him as an eccentric billionaire who you really cannot see him as a crime-fighting vigilante because he doesn't, you know, Christian Bale's like fucking like, okay, he takes the fucking suit coat off and he's got like muscles. He's like rippling, Uh, especially in Batman Begins. He was like fucking 225 pounds of beef. So um, with Michael Keaton, he's like... I don't know. What is he like? Five, eight. I don't know. He's probably taller than that, but, but I always think of Michael Keaton as like this little dude. You don't really imagine Mr. Mom. Yeah. He's fucking Mr. Mom. He's not, you know, he's, and, 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 and obviously Keaton's a great actor. He's Beetlejuice. I mean, Keaton's a great actor too. So I think he did a great job as this like eccentric billionaire, uh, Bruce Wayne, who's, like you can see him being just such a weirdo that he's like, yeah, of course I'm gonna fucking sleep hanging upside down. Like he took that Batman shit really seriously. I don't think that works. I don't think you'd be able to sleep all night hanging upside down. The blood rushes to your head. Five minutes later, you you'd have to lay down. You can't do that. So I put Adam West as my, in my fourth spot just to troll the world. That's hilarious, Adam okay. West. Because again, I grew up on Adam West. I he was the very first Batman I ever saw as a youngster. Uh, I don't know, TBS or whatever show they used to have it syndicated, the old 60s Batman. And I I remember I would come home from school 
probably fucking like preschool, kindergarten in those days. And I would jump on the couch. I remember jumping on the couch as like a six-year-old or something. Like six-year-old me, would I'd be like, I'm so excited. I'm like jumping on the couch. Fuck yeah, Batman's on. I'd be so stoked. I'm probably watching Batman. Like, Yeah, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. Like what are they playing, 1985, on like a Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 on TBS. And yeah, the everybody knows. No, 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 no. I mean, you can't play that for somebody with a thing. Yeah. Boom, all that yeah. shit. And so, yeah. you know, I think Adam West, I think that era of Batman is responsible for some of the kind of cheesier shit. But, but I, you got to respect know, the OG, man. You, you got to respect, respect the OG. OG. And and it was formative for me. So I'm putting West there fourth. Affleck, I'm putting fifth because I thought he was another great Bruce Wayne. He was different than Keaton. He wasn't as eccentric. Mm. He didn't seem as spacey. He seemed more like the detective, like he was going to figure shit out as Bruce Wayne. And he was going to go undercover as Bruce Wayne. And, and so I liked him as kind of like an older, kind of like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, that picture of him out there smoking that cigarette going, oh. yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, like that yeah. was Bruce Wayne for me. Like that, his Bruce Wayne was just like this fucking shit again. These fucking guys, you know? Uh, so I liked Bat- Ben Affleck as uh, Bruce Wayne, maybe more so than I liked him as Batman. I put Kilmer on there because, you know, we're getting towards the bottom of the list. And, and Val Kilmer was solid. And then I put Clooney last just because that movie was such shit. I don't believe Batman should ever have nipples on his costume for no fucking good reason at all. Oh, just to have nipples. To so I'm sorry, yeah. George Clooney. I love you. But but uh, Batman was not your finest hour. And I'm glad that you had a illustrious career following that piece of shit film. So that's my list. What is your list, friend? Bro, you literally nailed it, except for I would switch. I liked I liked Affleck as fucking Batman. Dude. Yeah, there's just a, there's just something about Ben Affleck. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe just knowing that he's 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 getting him some J-Lo. I mean, yeah, that's what I can I can I can appreciate about him. You know what I mean? But uh, I would the same exact same exact order. Just I would switch Affleck and West yeah. because okay, I, like I said, I I do respect the OG, but I I I liked him. I liked him as Bruce yeah. Wayne and as fucking Batman I, with uh, his little fucking with his little uh, voice fucking reverbed fucking. Yeah. I'm Batman, Martha. It Superman. makes sense that he would use like, something to to like do his voice, right? Yeah, because the the what you gotta describe your voice. Even though he was the most illest Batman dude, the fucking. Uh, the fucking where is she yeah. kind of gets a little well that yeah it's uh, it was and it was on, even worse like on, watch batman begins then watch the dark knight immediately after and like he ramped it way up and you got to think if you're gonna p- pretend to be bruce wayne the next day you can't be screaming at criminals in that horse voice all night and then go to work the next day and sound normal you're gonna sound like you were at yeah, a yeah. rave all night uh, uh, like, uh, sorry. guys i lost my voice uh, on today's gonna be like, every day you don't have a voice fucking bruce come on what the yeah. fuck and but they no, show that I, at work. He's like falling asleep at work and shit. Like Bruce Wayne's like in the board meeting. He's just like fucking passed out. But, but, um, yeah, just out at work yeah, for no, his I, eccentric billionaire type of persona. I like Affleck as a person. I wanted to say that I like Affleck as a person. Like I, I appreciate the fact that he is gone through some struggles, like a real fucking human being. He's had, uh, alcohol struggles and I fucking support that dude. Every time I hear about him being clean and sober, I think, man, that's fucking awesome. I'm rooting for him because I've never met him myself, but I know several people who have. And um, every it's single from Boston, person, right? Hardcore uh, he's, Boston, yeah, he's right. from Boston, but that actually has nothing to do. It's actually my Atlanta people that have met him. And, oh, okay. um, and but I have heard from the people who have met him that he is fucking so nice. Like he's just 
a wicked cool dude who you could be like, oh yeah, Ben Affleck, you're awesome. And he'll be like, hey man, awesome. Yeah, cool. I'm Ben Affleck. Like he's just a fucking, he's what you would want someone to be as a celebrity from what I've heard. Like he knows he's fucking super famous. He's been super famous since 1998 or whatever. So he understands what it is. He doesn't, you know, I, I have heard from people who've like, like hung out, like been with him in public that, like he's like, yeah, come here, take a picture. Like he's when somebody's like, oh shit, can I get a pic with you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like he knows he's Ben Affleck. He knows he's famous as fuck. He knows he's going to get recognized. He knows people are going to ask to take a picture with him and he doesn't act like, oh fuck. Like, like he's just so inconvenienced by the people who fucking make him a millionaire by going to see his fucking movies and buying his Blu-rays and shit. Yeah. Like he seems to understand that he has a relationship with his fans that you know, they support him by going to see his movies and buying his, his stuff. And, and so he's like, really like he see what, from what I've been told, he seems really grateful for that type of relationship. And, and he like takes that, you know, like he's a good dude is what I've heard. And so I appreciate that, that everybody, the people that I know and trust have said that he's a really fucking cool dude. So I root for the guy and I like the guy and I like his movies. I like the films that he's directed. Maybe not live yeah, by night. good. He's done some good shit. There's some some horrible shit too. But uh, he's well, no, he's been in some horrible movies. I think the films that he is he's written and directed have been pretty good. There's not many. It's a handful. It's like three or four films. Gone Girl, Argo, Live by Night was was uh, Live by Night was his worst effort, but Argo was just such Argo a was fucking, intense. Argo was a great movie. Argo was movie. intense, man. That was a uh, good movie. Yeah, that was like, a great movie. So, and that was a, a film that was actually directed and The Town was directed written and directed by Ben Affleck. I don't know if you've seen. I haven't seen watched that. that one. I heard. Uh, I heard it's good. Got, I've, I've uh, Jeremy Renner's in that. Cute. That movie's set in Boston. That's a fucking Boston movie. Let me tell you, that okay. fucking movie is good. And there's, I mean, Ben Affleck gets kind of like the main mobster guy, kind of pushes him around, kind of flexes nuts on Ben Affleck a little bit, like I'm gonna fucking kill your girlfriend, shit, like you know, like threatens him and shit like that. And you could see Ben Affleck kind of back down a few times, you know, in that movie. But then by the end, you could tell like Ben Affleck gets a plan and he fucking like. Oh my God! When when the the end of that movie comes, you're just like fuck yeah, fucking got that cocksucker. I'm so fuck you. I'm so. So the town is great. It's it's in my it's in my queue. I saw it one day and I was like, did I be wanting to watch this, bro? I think I might have it on digital. So if it's not, if you can't get a a hold of it, let me know because I might have a digital copy. But but yeah, the town is excellent and Ben Affleck is 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 good. So I'm glad he was on your list. So the the one other thing that I did want to ask you, we'll we'll return to your favorite Batman films in just a second. How did you feel about, you know, we talked about the visual aspect of this movie a lot, which I thought was really great and wonderfully stylistic, but how did you feel, how did you feel about this? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel about Nirvana being so, like, heavily featured throughout? This is a song from, um, this is called uh, Something... In the way, and it's from um, the very popular uh, album um, Nevermind. Okay. Nevermind, right? I think it's Nevermind. Yeah. I think it's from the album Nevermind. This is going off the, the top little, of my head, people, so if I'm wrong. Babies with the baby. The so, yeah, like don't come at me because this is off the top of my head, people. I'm just going with what my brain remembers right now. And I did a lot of drugs with with Adam and, and uh, Cass here and uh, fucking Chris so and, and Bobby. So don't come at me about my memory here. So um, this is not one of the better known Nirvana songs that's played some 30 years later. I mean, 
smells like teen spirit gets a lot of airplay these days this right never, here never mind yeah yeah, bro, that's a big thing. I mean, I'm sure the Nirvana fans, I'm sure the Nirvana fans recognized it immediately. I mean, I recognized it was Nirvana when I heard it. I was like, whoa, like 30-year-old fucking Nirvana track is going to be like their featuring track through, not just, they don't just play it at one point in the, the film, they play it over and over. This is, it's not a visual motif that they return to, but it's a sonic, it's an audio motif that they return to that obviously it just it just played so well with the tone of this it film fit. it fit yeah uh, you, you know what's funny is like while i was watching the sh- the the show peacemaker yeah you know it, there's there's a bunch of scenes of him cuz he's just so wrapped up in the 80s and shit yeah and he goes and he meets this chick who like spoiler alert tries to kill him and while he's at her place he jacks her for a shitload of of uh albums yeah and it's a bunch of 80s uh, rock hair metal band like yes. Cinderella yes. Molly Crew and, and fucking all that shit but the song choices like when he goes and he gets the album and he puts it out and shit it's a bunch of like deep cuts it's not the yeah. the, 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 the the shit that they're most known for yeah. throughout the entire shit like for real man when you when you finally get to Peacemaker you'll understand and it's the same shit it's like they find those so- the songs that they pick for the scenes, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, wow, I, I never heard this song before, but this is a fucking Cinderella track, and this yeah. fits exactly yeah. what's going on right now in this I, movie, dude. And I can I can appreciate that shit. Yeah. I can appreciate I, when, when, when you know, the, 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 sound, the soundtrack and the, the music score, it's it's a big portion of it, dude. Like I yeah. said, man, the, the whole thing with, with uh, my heart rate going up in the beginning was because that music, it just, yeah. like, it sucks you in, and visually it sucks you in, so you're just yeah. fucking like... Oh, and the two like, go together. Yeah, I mean, it's like man. peanut butter and jelly, right? Like, oh, the yeah. synergy. You have to have the perfect balance. You have the to have synergy. the balance of them both. I, 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 gotta, I have to compliment Matt Reeves for using this song, because, again... Um, it's a 30-year-old... I mean, Nirvana's plenty popular. Uh, they've endured really well. But again, it's like you said, it's more of a deep cut. It's not one of those immediately recognizable smells like teen yeah. spirit kind of things, which I think would have failed tremendously if you tried to put in some, you know, something that gets radio airplay every single day mm-hmm. on the right stations. You would have failed tremendously. But this this song, it's it's just unrecognizable enough. Like, you know, it's Nirvana. You can hear Kurt Cobain. But um, it's not the song that you hear on the radio all the time. And, of course, Kurt Cobain always had kind of this hauntingly melodic voice, like his just just the way he sang. And in that song, too, it's like, um, you know, the, the music is is kind of haunting and ethereal. And then, his, of course, his voice has that same sort of uh, – tone sort of haunting haunted mm-hmm. sort of tone like a guy who is a little strung out like a guy who is uh, like caught in his feels a little in bit a, like batman in a dark in a, in dark, a dark place play. yeah 100 100 yeah. mm-hmm. and that song i mean honestly that was like the cherry on top of this film for me because like i'm looking forward to this film coming out on um on 4k so that i can watch it again and a big part of it is like i want to hear that song again in the context of the film because uh, I, I think he really pulled it off with the music, and I think music is such an important part of film, such an important part. It's such a classic part of so many movies. You yeah. you think of about about the the great tracks that they choose to use, and um, 
And I, I love it when it's like a good deep cut. I love it when you hear something that maybe you hadn't heard before because you never really checked the band out. And um, you're like, I remember skipping over that song, yeah. you know, a lot. You I know? used to yeah, skip that song yeah. all of them. But like, Damn. honestly, what happened? Why did I skip that? Song? What happened to I the deep that? cut over the last 20 years? Like, what happened yeah. to the deep cut? Is a deep cut even a thing anymore? Exactly. I kind of feel like podcasts are the new deep cut. Like, you got to go looking for uh, for stuff like us because we're not, you know, we're not $100 million featured podcasts on Spotify. But it's like um, now that everything's just a, a $2 single that gets released to iTunes or some SoundCloud bop, it's like you hear songs. I mean, people are still making music for sure, uh, but it, you don't – they're not necessarily having to release things as an album anymore and distribute it as yeah. a piece of physical media. Back in the day when we were young, you and me in the nineties, we would go get like a CD in a plastic jewel case. And, um, you know, you'd wait years sometimes for your favorite bands to release a new CD or your favorite musicians to release a new CD. And it would be an EP. So it would be 10, 12, 15 songs, 15 tracks. And of course there would be a few singles off of there that you'd already be familiar with. Cause you heard them on the radio. They dropped a little early in anticipation of the record. Cause that's how they sold those albums. But, mm-hmm. um, you would go through the CD. Like I remember, man, I remember being a kid. Uh, this was maybe 10 years after jumping on the couch during Batman. But I remember, you know, I would pop in, um, a CD into my boom box and I would sit there and draw. I'd be in my room. I'd be like, you know, I'm 12, 13, 14 at this point. So I don't have a car. I don't have a job. You know, like I might get a little homework, but I'm not out there trying to get my dick sucked in a movie or something like that. I'm I'm oh. I'm in my room and I'd be drawing. I had like a I still have it. I need to set it back up, but I had like the, you know, the the art desk that you guys have that's like a white yeah. desk and it's like at an angle and it's yeah. got the tray on the side that's attached to it. And it has like a light hanging over. I had the whole deal. I had the whole setup. I thought I was going to draw comic books at that point in my life. And I'd sit there and draw and I'd put in a CD. And I just remember some of those, actually a couple of those times, it was a Nirvana CD. In Utero got a lot of play. The nerve, the second album after um, after Nevermind, In Utero got a lot of play in my room. And Pearl Jam and all those like grunge, Soundgarden, all those artists of like the early 90s. And that's maybe that's why this like, it, it 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 landed really well with me because that was my vibe, especially for comic books at the time. Because I was either reading comic books or I was drawing and I was listening, and I would let the whole CD play. And of course, you'd hear the songs that you were familiar with from the radio, the singles, two or three songs. But we're talking twelve, fifteen songs. There were another seven, eight songs on there that you. What happened to those? Do those still exist these days? Do people make them? I mean. I don't know, man. Do, do do they release, do they drop CDs with 15 songs on them that 10 of them you've never heard before you bought the album, but like you fall in love with. There's so many deep cuts that I love. I love like yeah. David Bowie deep cuts, shit that I just fucking, I love so much because it's like I got the album and I listened to the fucking album. What do you mm-hmm. feel about? How do you feel about that? It's not Batman related. It's tangential, but. No, bro. I mean, I. Dude, I, I mean, because it's pop know, culture. Because I've because I've done music myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've done little hip hop shit and you know press CDs and stuff like that. But like, it's amazing. Like actually, where we're at. Like I just talked about it, but the not the last guy, but the second to last podcast we did before we took our break. Uh, it was my buddy Tommy Will, and I just mentioned him on the podcast the other day. Is like what this guy's doing nowadays, man. He doesn't even. He doesn't have like a, your regular, like, uh, 
contract with like a record label, he he works for a company that does placement for music mm. and uh, in okay. movies and, and television and shit. So, like, when he came in and he was talking to us about that, I was like, dude, like, explain that. Like, what is it? And he was like, well, you know, I mean, you got all these, you got these, these, uh, these, these, these shows and, you know, they, they, before, I think, I think before they used to have it to where, like, maybe the, the, the people that were involved in the movies would be like, well, what kind of music should we use? You know what I mean? Oh, well. And then, you know, you see, you think that, like, you see some of these uh, bigger movies, they have the budget to go after like just a, a, a soundtrack filled with hits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like a, um, what was the, la- the last good one? Uh, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like Guardians of the Galaxy's fucking soundtrack was just great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of old can- classics and shit. But 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 they were hits though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They were the hits. They weren't the, the B sides. They were the hits. So it was just mm-hmm. a bunch of really good hits. Kind of like, uh, like to me, because of the soundtrack, that's why I always say when anybody asks me what my favorite like Adam Sandler movie is, I always say The Wedding Singer because yeah. The Wedding Singer is just the perfect balance between it's a my great top soundtrack, three. a great soundtrack, and just a funny ass movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just great actors all around. All the homies are in it, yeah. and it's just it's just it's a, a great movie. great movie. You know, it's one of my favorite. Or actually, my, it is my favorite fucking Sandler movie. But the way my buddy was explaining it, yeah, like these companies. Say there's a, a a scene where there's going to be a drive-by scene, so they want something that's like hip hop and ominous yeah. or some shit like that. If you know, if he's got a song that fits that, you know how I don't know how many artists do it, but a bunch of artists will be like, "Well, I got a song that fits. I got a song that fits that." And then this company will go through, and then yeah. they'll decide like which okay. one fits the best. Well, my buddy, he's he's gotten placement on Power, that okay. show Power. I've I heard never you seen it. That. I've never seen it, but I know it's it's like by Fifty Cent, and it's on. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what channel it is. It's like the only one I don't have, like an encore. Or I can't remember what station yeah. it is. I don't remember what it is. Which 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 one of the streaming services it is? But it, but it's 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 on one of them shits. And then the other day he told us that, or he 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 actually had posted that he got placement on the new Fresh Prince. Which is like the new, like they they're doing like a yeah. completely different one, not the Will yeah. Smith version. It's like a new version of it. Yeah, I've seen the trailers. Yeah, and we were talking about it, but yeah, my buddy's got a song on there, man. And he literally oh, yeah. like played a portion of it and he was like, dude, look, like during this scene, that's my song playing in the background, man. So it's like it's crazy that to know that there's like services like that. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, if you're a big budget movie, you you can go back and look for these deep cuts. You have the budget to look for shit like that. And when you find gems, it, it there's I feel like it's almost kind of a trend with some of these bigger movies. They're going back, they're finding old classic rock songs and old uh eighty songs, but they're kind of like um like beefing them up for 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 the trailers and making them more hip hop kind of yeah. maybe adding some some trap elements to it and shit. Like which one were we just talking about the other day? And it's a really old song. Well, you know who did it? Who who did a real good job of it? Um I didn't never watch the movie, but uh, the the movie by uh, what is his name? Uh, Keenan P- or J- Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, uh, yeah. Uh, was it Us? Us, yeah. It's a good one. Us, that one. They he flipped the I got five on it and shit. Like he used the lyrics from I got five on it, but it, like it made it like a real dark, ominous version of I got five yeah. on it. Too. And I've been I've been liking the way they've been doing that in trailers yeah. nowadays. They'll, they'll take like something that's recognizable, yeah. but like kind of flip it, you know, turn it on its it head a little out, bit. Work, yeah. yeah, work out to the advantage of the movie. Like it fits the yeah. it fits the theme, the aesthetic. And that fits the theme like with that. us too, because us like is that. all about like, like this underworld of like opposite characters. So it's 
it's like See, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen. It. I want to watch. Check that. it out. It's that's gotta, another good watch. One. That that's a good one. Like you got a whole but weekend yeah, but, ahead of you. Got the town. You got us. You got like you could line up some really good movies and just have like a really dope yeah. Saturday. You know what I mean? Like really just fucking like watch some excellent films, pop a little popcorn. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I'm with it. All right, we can't leave the people without giving them a ranking of the Batman films. So, you want to go first? What are we doing? Are we doing uh, like hundred percentage or like five out of five or five I'm, stars? What do you? I doing? was just I wrote them all down in order, kind of like they did with the ba- the guys who played Batman, who just you know uh, put them in order of like what's my preference, best Batman film to worst. <sighs> Let's see. But obviously, the, the the top one is fucking the Dark Knight. Yes, thank right. you. Thank the you. Dark Knight. And then right after that, I mean, shit. I'm going to have to say it's like a tie between this new one and The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Because I like Bane as a fucking, as a yeah. as a villain. They did Bane well. That. I think he killed that shit. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. After that. I'm going to go original Batman, OG Batman. Uh, OG Michael Batman. King okay. With, well, you know, Jack Nicholson, shit like that. Nichol- Nicholson? Nicholas? Yeah. Which one is he? Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I'm like, I know one of them plays golf. The other one's a, yeah, yeah, one's a golfer motherfucker. One's the Joker and one's a golfer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then let me see. What do we got left? Batman Begins. Yeah. I'll go with Batman Begins right after that. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what's left. We have all the we have the 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 which is the next Batman with uh Penguin and Danny DeVito. That was Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Okay, we'll go Batman Returns. Cool, cool. Because I already got rid of the Nolan trilogy, right? Uh, I haven't Nolan, heard you Nolan. say. Yeah, you did say Batman yeah, Begins. Yeah, you did. I did say yeah. that. Yeah. And then so then from there you literally got uh, the one with uh, all I know is the one with Mister Freeze is at the end. Okay. Yeah, I know yeah that. that one always goes last. And before before that, you got the one with the fucking the 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 two face and the fucking with Jim Carrey. Even yeah. though Jim Carrey did such a great job doing the fucking Riddler, you know what I'm saying? And Tommy Tommy Lee Jones did what he could as fucking Two Face. But uh, yeah, I think it ends with those two. And I'm pretty sure that's it for like the Batman yeah. movies, right? Because like, yeah. You don't really count. I wouldn't the count Justice League. You don't really count the the the, the animated series. All yeah, the animated. I'm not counting. Yeah, I'm just counting the animated films. series is my shit. Yeah, because you got. I loved coming home and watching Batman the animated yeah. series, bro. Mask of the Phantasm okay. was a, it was a theatrically released Batman animated film. That's true. That's I haven't true. seen that yeah. one recently enough though to put it in my rankings. So I probably should put it in the rankings here, but. I uh, I did not put it in my ranking, but Luke Skywalker is the Joker, bro. I know, right? He killed the he killed Mark Hamill Joker. played the Joker for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he did. I so, killed it in the animated. I agree so, with yeah, you. I think th- I think that's it. I think that's my list yeah. right there. Yeah, I think it's a solid. I, like, list. I, like I said, the new one, the new one. I you know what? Honestly, I'll I'll slide the new one in front of fucking um, Dark Knight Rises. Okay, and, and just instead of having that as a tie. Okay. This way it's all laid out like that because honestly, I know I'm going to watch this more as I as it comes out, like on yeah. you know in, in Apple or, or Blu-ray, or whatever. I know I'll watch this more, and I haven't really gone back to see Dark Knight Rises yeah. in a hot minute. So, that, but but that one doesn't have a lot of Knight, replayability for Dark me. Dark Knight, if that shit's on, you better leave that. You better not don't touch that. Me. Don't touch that leave controller. That. That's yeah. Play it. Let it play. I don't care. There's only five minutes left. We're we watching that five minutes. Uh, the last five minutes are hot. Yeah. 
Dude, last five minutes are excellent, dude. That's my favorite part of the movie where uh, uh, Gordon's talking to his son and his son's too young. He doesn't understand. He's like, why are we chasing him? And he uh, he says, you know, we got to chase him. It's part of the ruse that we've set up now. And, you know, he's like, he can handle it. He's he's a watchful protector. He's a silent guardian. He's a dark knight. And it fucking just cuts to black. And I'm like, every fucking time I'm like, yeah, I just fucking want right. to. I just, ah, that gets me so hype when he's like, you know, you just hear, you just hear Gary Oldman's voice and then he's a dark knight and then boom, it cuts to black. And you know, he's all like on the motorcycle trying to get away and shit like that. Cause the cops are after him and then boom, cuts to black. As soon as Gary Oldman says dark knight, like I'll get fucking goosebumps on my skin. I'm just like, holy shit. It's so good. Like, and then the, the fact that that motorcycle came out of the tumbler Dude. Like, that wasn't like they made a separate fucking nope. motorcycle. No, that was the backup, buddy. Yeah. That was the fucking when the Thunder lost when it was when it was said and done for that. Boom! Let's bust out the fucking that motorcycle. The fucking he drove motorcycle, it up dude. the wall and it like fucking flipped because the the wheels were so goddamn big and they like turned. And I mean, yeah, he just. And fucking, not only did they turn like a normal wheel and yeah, shit, but like they turned that. the other they way. Turned, they turned sideways too yeah. and shit. Like when he that's how he got up the wall. Turns. Fuck. I mean, that motorcycle. Yeah, see, you see, you can't see Pattinson and, and, and Gollum making that shit inside no. their fucking little, little no, garage. That's you know, too, that's, that's too. You can appreciate the more, the more realistic, uh, take that they're going yeah. with this one. You know, yeah. obviously his gadgets are probably, well, Batman, get you know, better. the Nolan Batman was obviously a military contractor. Like Wayne Industries was obviously like a really big, like a, sort of like a Boeing or Raytheon. Oh, you know, yeah. they were, I think they were a military contractor. So they had, military grade shit and that's why you know he said like uh, morgan freeman said in the they they didn't do the the suit was like a prototype for like soldiers you know and but they didn't uh, end up opting for it because it was too expensive and so spelunking spelunking yeah i like it so i i'm with you i got i got the dark knight in the number one spot because it's just so hard to look away from that movie it's the 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 Mm -hmm. acting is perfect the it is it is almost a perfect movie and in my opinion it's the best superhero film that's ever been made so far it transcends the superhero genre in my opinion it is it is uh almost a flawless film then second i put this film i put the batman second because again a really strong entry um it's it's a really i love that they pulled it back away from the dceu don't worry about all of this other bullshit trappings that we've set up and i thought catwoman was excellent they had my favorite catwoman i I thought I thought um, I was excited to see Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises, but honestly, especially after watching The Batman, I realized, like, and it's not Anne Hathaway's fault as an actress, but it was just the the Catwoman character could have been better written and better, just better done, and they did that here. Like, I thought yeah. Zoe Kravitz was perfect casting for Catwoman, perfect casting for Catwoman, and then yeah. the way they wrote her character the way that she was, was she double crossing Batman? Was she on his side? Was she not? I mean, it was ambiguous all the way to the end because I could see her. She was inviting him to come with her and go, you know, like join her on like some heists. And I could see her double crossing him at some point in the future. Like she saved his life at the end. I mean, she was instrumental in saving him and she was even comforting him at the end. I thought they were going to like croak him. I was like, Oh shit, they're not bringing him back for a sequel. I thought they were going to croak uh, Pattinson. Cause I thought that was another reason why they separated it from the main continuity. Cause you can do more stuff creatively. You can croak a big character like that in a separate continuity. And um, so a minute I was like, I guess he's one and done. But, uh, and the way she was comforting him. I mean, I thought she balanced so well, this like, when she's comforting him and she's saying, it's okay. Like you've done your job. You, you, it's okay. Let go. I thought she was like, 
she was so maternal and like nurturing in that moment. And then the, the whole rest of the movie, she was like this badass, like great martial artist who could, was like tough and streetwise and could right. take care of herself. But you she couldn't work in the rooms. Yeah. She wound there was, up being fucking Falcone's fucking secret exactly. daughter. Exactly. There were, there were she like layers that to that he character. fucking strangled her mom. Like, yes. fucking, like So yeah, they built her. bits out, you know? Yeah, as a character, they built her to be such a believable Catwoman that they didn't really build Anne Hathaway up like that. You're like, well, why they is she like that? But with the, the Catwoman here, they built her up and they, they, they really, they... She would have, she had layers, and that's what you get from a three-hour movie that builds the the characters and the world like this. Because you got she's a daughter, she feels conflicted. Her father murdered her mother. She had to grow up in this terrible world because she was a single, you know, child of a single mother, and then a mother got killed, and she had to grow up on her own and be tough and street smart and streetwise. And she's got these levels to her. You could tell that she loved her mother, and she's got this caring, nurturing side because she cared about her Russian friend who got killed. Her friend, and, yeah. And she did care for Batman. I mean, she did. Show this like concern saved his life and then kind of like it was about to ease him into the other side like and and you could see that she bonded with him but that was an uncommon thing for her. i thought the Catwoman in this film was so like just really well done layered nuanced good, like yeah. perfect performance well casted everything about her was great so i really i just have not stopped yeah. complimenting the batman i'm putting that as second place i don't put batman nice. begins at third place and it was hard for me to do but i put that in third because fucking ninjas, I want to put it in the first place because fucking yeah. Tibet and ninjas and shit. But then, you know, um, it just wasn't – It's as a, as a film, even though it's got some elements I love, it's just not quite on the level of the Batman or the Dark Knight. I put the Dark Knight Rises – fourth because uh it's just the weakest of the nolans it's it's a little harder for me to buy and it just seemed a little out of left field and batman fakes his death at the end and it's just it didn't feel like uh it just felt like and the catwoman was like i said the catwoman character was kind of a weak supporting character in my opinion in that film uh bane was cool but talia al ghul like bringing up the al ghuls again it just felt like a retread of some territory that they had already covered so the dark knight rises like you said i never feel like i need to watch it like if it's on, I'm like, man, I'll look for something else. But 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 with the Dark Knight, when it's on, I'm like, sorry guys, we're watching the Dark Knight now. Uh, I put OG eighty nine Batman, nineteen eighty nine Batman in the next mm-hmm. spot. That's the fifth spot, I believe. I put it in there because um, I watched it when I was young, when I was formative, and I just thought in nineteen eighty nine, I had just come off a couple of years of jumping on the couch watching Batman, um, and I just thought Batman was the shit. Everything having to do with Batman was cool. My first job that I wanted to be when my parents said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, Batman. And my mom was like, you can be anything you want when you grow up. What do you want to be? I'm like, Batman. She's like, eh. I was like, bitch, you said I could be whatever I want. And I want to be motherfucking Batman. Right. So I thought that was like a legit vocation that I could choose. And I'm like, it's yeah, your get fault. To work. Get to work with my gadgets, Alfred. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. I think y'all need to make a billion dollars and then get croaked, mom and dad. I think mom, that, that might have been why my mom objected. You're like, she's like... You want to be Batman? You know that motherfucker's parents get killed, right? Like I'm I know the parent. way that story begins. Yeah, yeah, I know how that story begins. It begins with me getting fucking popped over some pearls, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here! Right. You got to be Superman. He took care of his fucking parents in Crime Alley. Yeah. So uh, I put Batman Returns right after because it wasn't quite as good as the first Batman, but another right. very strong one and another Catwoman. That's you know like Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer, nineteen eighties Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Chef's kiss. Yeah. What are we talking that about? Is, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Fucking what the fuck are we talking 1980s about? 1980s Michelle Pfeiffer. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Pfeiffer. 
I put Batman Forever uh, in the next spot because we're getting kind of low on the list. I don't love Jim yeah. Carrey as the Riddler, uh, yeah. but you know Val Kilmer was better than George Clooney, so I put he sure was. I actually put Batman versus Superman after Batman Forever. I'm going to include that. Forgot about yeah. I forgot about that. His okay. name is in the yeah. title, so I'm going to include him. I didn't think it was a very good movie, but I, I give them some credit for going after. Uh, a very similar, like a Dark Knight Rises kind of like Batman taking on mm-hmm. Superman and showing us how Batman can use his genius to defeat a much more powerful opponent like Superman because he's got the tools up here and he prepares. You know, he analyzes and then he he notes everything down. He picks Superman apart mentally and then he just sets everything up. And I, I, so I'll give Batman, it was a convoluted mess of a story. They shouldn't have brought Doomsday in that, that soon. They should have really, it was just too much that they were just throwing at the wall all at once. But, but I will mm-hmm. give him a little credit. And then of course, Batman and Robin last, just like you, cause that, you what go. were they even thinking? Joel Schumacher was on a lot of cocaine. I think when that fucking movie was yeah. made, cause what else were they thinking? Fucking Schwarzenegger. Cool party. <laughs> yeah. Freeze. Yeah, it's Revenge terrible. is a dish fest so cold. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. I don't think yeah. I've seen that but one in know, 20 I think, years. I think that's why I got, I think that's why I kind of hold Affleck a little bit higher on the Batman spectrum yeah. is because he did go up against fucking Superman. Yeah, he and did. None of these, uh, none of these other Batman have had to take on a it's fucking uh, a, a meta human, you know yeah, so a meta human, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so maybe that's why I kind of got him a little rank a little higher. Yeah. Well, I'm but glad. I feel you. I feel you. I'm glad that we agree on on Batman films. I feel like you and me could hang for like a Batman movie marathon and not even fight about it. We would like we'd be like know. right there, uh, pacing each other like Batman for Batman, just fist bumping and passing the popcorn. I feel like right. I'm with yeah. that. You got any final thoughts on the Batman? We're going to wrap this bitch up and uh, play a little. Uh... Man, all I could really say is make sure you you pace yourself as far as that soda goes. Make sure you take oh, a tinkle yeah. when you get there. When you get there, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Drink a little bit of water. Don't... Go kind of get your, empty the bladder out a little bit. This way you don't want to miss anything. Cause yeah, not, that's bush I can't tell you. I can't tell you that there's a, a spot that you should there's get not. up and go. Like There's, there's not. not. You'll, there's not. You'll miss some shit. There's yeah. something. It, it just keeps going. It is. Like Century was like, Century was like, bro, he's like, that's a long movie. I think I'm going to fall asleep. I'm like, nah, bro, you're not going to nah, fall asleep. Fall asleep. In this movie. It's not going to let yes. you. Possibly. No, no, and I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think it's amateur hour if you're not pissing before that movie. Honestly, you got to cut yourself off three, maybe four hours before you go see the movie. Don't drink nothing for three or four hours. You got to dry yourself out, and just like Kaz said, piss as soon as you get there, right before you go sit down, piss. Mm. But don't drink nothing for like three or four hours, and then piss, and then. You'll enjoy the movie. You can sit through the movie like a enjoy fucking your professional. Popcorn, enjoy your enjoy your drink, your cold beverage, whatever yep. it may be. Absolutely. Yeah, well, fucking, yeah. I gotta say, uh, please tell the tell the people where they can find you on the internet, Kaz. Tell, let everybody know where they can hit you up for more. Obviously, you can find me one half of the Hood Diner podcast. That's at the Hood Diner across the board. You can go to the hooddiner.com. The links to everything from there. And I am casual520. That's K A Z U A L 520 across the board, everywhere you can find me. Fantastic. I'm going to put links for everybody who's listening. I'm going to put links to Hood Diner and Kaz's socials in the show notes for this episode. So don't worry. You can click a link. You can find my homie and go listen mm-hmm. to him on the Hood Diner, man. That, everybody, is a wrap. Thank you, motherfuckers, for listening. And uh, this is uh, some trap music.
not gonna believe how much I looked around for fucking I needed to find orthodox trap music that was my google search it was orthodox trap music because I needed to be like orthodox like sort of Christian sounding I needed to sound like a movie mask but then I also wanted it to like get stuck in your head a little bit so like I finally found this track and was like this is the one I'm going with boom um edited it down a little bit to make it fit and I think it for the theme I'm trying to create with this podcast, it, it, it works all right. It's like a little lit, but it's like also this. got that religious sort of, like, you got the monks fucking doing their chanting and shit, talking about, like, yeah. Jesus or movies or Batman or something. I don't know. 